everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and today we've got a large episode for you. We have decided uh, throughout the year we had been doing uh, episode by episode reviews of the Marvel shows that were coming out and uh, I think I did it for the Mandalorian as well and I totally enjoyed doing it. It wasn't that I didn't want to do it but it also kind of was that I didn't want to do it because I also have a lot of other things going on besides podcasting. And it was very difficult to get it done every week with the quality that I would want. Not only that, uh, the kind of analysis too, because I feel like there's a lot of pieces to these shows that don't hit until the end. And while it's super fun to speculate, I'm sure many of you out there know that uh, as much as I love speculating, there's a lot that I don't like speculating on because I know that it's probably going to change by the end of things. So we decided to take a different direction with uh, Marvel's What If series and wait instead of doing all the episodes separately to do them all at once. And so for that, I have with me my good friend, Kevin Novitsky, to talk about this. Kevin, welcome. Hey, Alex. Thanks so much for having me back. Glad I could uh, talk through all this with you yeah absolutely and there there's a lot to talk about despite you know some who'd say this is just an animated show but there is a lot to dive into on this and so we're going to be doing that but before we do uh we did want to talk about a little bit of news that came out today which was that variety reported uh there is uh i think i don't know if it's necessarily a hundred percent confirmed in its details but that there is going to be an Agatha Harkness spinoff series on Disney Plus. Uh, again, I, and you may have to correct me on this, but it, it was reported, uh, not confirmed by Marvel, but the sources close to them were, uh, I guess, pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, I think this came out of nowhere for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, as you said, it's uh, as with a lot of uh, these uh, things, it's uh, a report from one of the the, the Hollywood trades. So um, it's not an official confirmation from uh, Marvel Studios in any way. But uh, seeing this report it definitely makes me think, oh, maybe Disney Plus Day, maybe we'll get something on that uh, coming up in November. Uh, something maybe we could get something we could just get Feige saying, hey, we're working on this, you know, and like, tell us that but yeah what the report said it was um that their uh jack schaefer the head writer and creator of wandavision is back uh head uh, writing and executive producing this uh series that's going to be a spin-off uh and have uh katherine hahn reprising agatha harkness in it and um variety's report said that what they could gather from their sources it would be a uh quote dark comedy end quote right. um so uh and that's pretty much about it so uh i mean uh, they did put Agatha front and center. So I, I wonder if a, it is indeed a Agatha centric spinoff or it's just a spinoff with Agatha in it. You know, it wasn't I, I, the way I read it. I wasn't fully con, uh, clear on that. Unlike a couple, uh, like back at the beginning of the year when they said the, the echo series, that's going to spin off from uh, Hawkeye. That was like very clear, like it's going to be based on her, you know? So, uh, but either way, I, um, I saw this, uh, earlier today and I was, uh, I was happily shocked. I was, I definitely nothing I was expecting. I mean, I definitely felt we were going to be getting uh, more of uh, Catherine Hans uh, Agatha because she was so great in that series. I just, I didn't think it would be uh, her own series. So uh, seeing this, I'm like, I'm wondering, uh, could this be some sort of like prequel midquill to like get some of her story from the Salem witch trials we saw to when she gets to Westview and like uh, to, to find uh, Wanda, like, could it be there or could it pick up straight after uh, straight after um, when Wanda left her in Westview uh, stuck as uh, Agnes, the uh, 
the nosy neighbor. So uh, it, uh, very interested to see what happens with this as more information ultimately will come out. Um, so uh, yeah, but like they said in the report, it was very early development. And I think they use t terminology that it's tech maybe not uh, picked up uh, to actually go to series. But I mean, I feel if they're getting the report, anything that Disney plus does like it's, and it's, if it's Marvel, like it's going to go to series if it, if they're working on it, it's like, they're not going to, at least I feel like, unlike maybe something in the non-Marvel or star Wars realm, like realm, if they're on Disney plus, if they're putting development work into it, like it's, they have a plan to make it show up. So I, I we're going to see this some at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's some good points there too. I, I'd be curious as to what they're, they're going to go with. And that makes a lot of sense to flesh out her backstory a little more. Obviously we got the gist of who she is, uh, or I guess more so we got the gist of why she is. We didn't get as much of the who she is. So diving into who more about her, more about her past, but also about obviously Wanda drove, drove her to Westview, but like, what was she doing there? What else was she doing there? She's probably had other plans in place. What she, what was she doing 10 years ago? What was she doing during? So it could be a cool timeline type of story of, you know, here's where she was back then. And then up to now, like you said, where she's Agnes and, and maybe it leads to her breaking out of her chains or, or Scarlet Witch showing, but you brought up a good point too, an interesting point. You never discount with Marvel shows that, you know, when they say it's about something, it's going to be about like four other things. Like it's never just about that, like WandaVision. Oh, this is about mm -hmm. Wanda, but you, now we got Monica Rambo. We got Agatha Harkness. We got a mm -hmm. little bit of Quicksilver. Like you get all these other things. So it could be a show about something else that Agatha's in, or it could be a show about Agatha that happens with other things. So um, exciting news though. I really like yeah. that. I think, I think everyone would agree that she yeah. was uh, the breakout character and, of that series. And and even and even I'm just thinking right now when they said that it's going to be a, a dark comedy. Like I'm just thinking back to the um, to the Modern Family episode of uh, WandaVision where she was sitting on the couch and was talking about how uh, she was doing her talking head. Where what was it about? Like a kid who like licked something or she bit yeah. his head off, or like <laughs> oh, like right. or whatever, whatever that. Like I'm just picturing like all of that. Like, like if they did it as a mockumentary, like, I feel like that, that would be, be pretty fun. Like that would be pretty fun. But like Catherine Hahn's like a great comedic actress as well as dramatic as we saw in WandaVision, but, and also from her other works. But like, I'm just picturing that moment in WandaVision. I'm like, if they pull, if that's the like part of the character that they're pulling like out of this like moment and like to do like a talking head style, like, I don't know, like the, what we do in the shadows type with the vampire. Yeah, like yeah, if they, yeah. even though I, I've seen the movie, I, I've seen a little bit of the series, but like something to that effect, maybe I feel like, oh, that would be, that, that might be a cool series if they did something like that. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, that I would love for her to dive into would be around the dark hold or at mm, least just yes. around her basement, because she yep. clearly had stuff going on there for a while and we don't really get to see much about it, but she knows a lot about it. So like, how did she come into, how did she come into possession of the dark hold is like, would be my number one question for her. Um, but yeah, very excited for that. And, and cool to see them dropping little breadcrumbs here and there that I agree. I think maybe we'll get a full picture in November and uh, trust us listeners that we will have an episode around that uh, with Kevin uh, around uh, what happens on that Disney day. So very exciting on that. Uh, but without further ado, let's dive into this show. So Marvel's what if uh, premiered nine weeks ago, if you can believe that uh, it feels like it was just yesterday that it premiered. And it's funny because I know a lot of people don't take animated series as seriously as live action and it's natural because it's not a real thing compared to you can, you can uh, suspend your belief a little bit when you see actors versus the animated, you know, it's fake, 
but there was just there was some sort of magic to the show and i think we'll start with that what we're going to do is we'll talk about our overall thoughts of the season not necessarily like and i guess you could say maybe your judgment on it as well but just overall thoughts of this season and then we'll d- dive into an episode by episode breakdown we'll talk a little bit just a little bit about the episode itself but more so favorite moments from the episode least favorite moments uh, both from episode and series. Uh, also, some lingering questions that we have uh, at the end of this. Now that the season's over, along with some highlights, um, there's some there's a pattern I wanted to to suggest or discuss as well. So we've got some stuff. But again, we'll start out with the wide angle of it. I loved this series. I thought it was fantastic. Um, there were some spots that weren't as great as the rest, but overall, this is something that I could see myself watching all the time. And I mean, I kind of already am like, I watched a couple episodes in preparation for this just to double check on a few things, but they make it so easy because they're all only 30 minutes. None of them really coincide with each other until the very end. So you could just be sitting there and kind of throw on a what if episode and not really have to worry about it. And I guess you could do that for the other Marvel shows too, but there's just something fun about this, the colors, the action, the uh, the way the animation was done, uh, I was just I was looking forward to it every single week. Even when there was an episode that I didn't like as much, I still was like awesome. Like there was, I can find things that I loved about every episode throughout, and and kind of about the whole season. What about you? Yeah, I th- I think for me, overall, the season ended uh, really strong for me. Um, coming into the season, I had. Uh, a lot of expectations and it was what, one of my more anticipated properties from uh, Marvel Studios um, for the year, uh, especially when uh, the end of Loki happened and we saw what happened with the, uh, the, the multiverse line, uh, all the stuff with uh, He Who Remains uh, that just got me more excited going into it. Um, but then uh, I felt overall the season at certain points, once it started, it kind of like plateaued and slightly decrease for me uh, of like in terms of like every week I was it was I I enjoyed watching the series but it was less of oh I want to watch this immediately whereas like oh I have the time now later in my day I can watch the half hour I can watch it and whatnot but um yeah to your point of like re-watching everything I I feel like there may be some episodes that I might pick and choose that I might want to go and rewatch out of the se- the season, but Good I don't point. feel like, I don't feel like I'll go back and watch the entire series. Like I might with uh WandaVision or Loki. Like, I feel like with those two series, I'd, I'd go back and like watch it all the way through and everything. <laughs> this one partially because of the way it's constructed, like you said, you can kind of pick and choose and whatnot. But um, I feel like as we dive into each of them, we'll be able to talk more about all of that. So. Yeah. Great point. Great point. Um, as much as I'd love to, yeah, there are certain episodes where again, there's bits of them that I liked, but I just, I don't, I wouldn't really want to go watch them as many times as I would want to watch some of the others. So yeah, let's dive right into it. Um, so this first, the first episode is uh, structured around Captain Carter. So this, uh, and, and I guess this is part of that pattern that I was talking about is one of the patterns I noticed is how do you introduce an audience to a show like this? Because it's very out there. It's very turning things on their heads to where we understand how the MCU works, but this is kind of throwing everything out the window in a sense. And I, I know from conversations with people, there's a lot of people that are not a fan of the show. And I can see why, because it, if, especially for, if you're not a fan of animation, that's, that's a totally fair point or the voice acting. I mean, some of that voice acting was a little bit cringy, but there's this other piece as well that, and I, I would encourage anyone to kind of reflect on this too, of like, 
being so uh, married to what happened in the MCU and then using that to question every single thing that happens in the series to say, oh, you know, well, this thing happened this, but, but it only, but it happened this way in the MCU. Why is it happening this way in here when this other thing got changed? And I just, I, I would, I would encourage everyone to remember that all of these episodes and all of this series takes place in the multiverse. And every single one of these stories is taking place in a separate universe that's completely different from the MCU. The only reason it looks the same is because there's certain through lines throughout the multiverse that a specific thing happens, even though other things are that are different that happen. But to, to nitpick an episode because the timing is off a little bit to say, oh, you know, this happened in 2015 in the MCU, but they're making it seem like it happened in 2016, whatever that is that should not be what you're focused on when you're watching this show. Because again, it doesn't matter when you're in the multiverse, you could argue the writers probably argued that it doesn't matter, right? Like we could make it whatever we want. So kind of hanging on to that, I, I feel bad for the people that are struggling with that piece of it, because again, you know, you're that passionate about the MCU, but just remember that it's, it's totally different. Every universe is just a little bit different. So if something doesn't add up, just go with it, ride the wave and enjoy it. And that's a perfect example with this first episode, because they introduced this as what if one tiny little thing changed and everything else stays the exact same. So instead of Steve getting put in and giving the super soldier serum, Peggy Carter is given the super soldier serum. Literally everything else is the exact same, except for a couple of tweaks here and there that made total sense. Like uh, she does not end up having to go on the USO tour because of uh, one reason or another. I'm trying to remember what it was, but either way, she didn't have to go on it, which made it nice. She got to skip ahead. We basically see the entire uh, Captain America storyline up until the point of her waking up uh, 70 years later, except in this instance, uh, she's waking up or she tra traveled through a portal versus being tra trapped in the ice. Um, some, I guess the other difference being Steve Rogers was still scrawny and he becomes the, uh, the Hydra Stomper, which is essentially the first Iron Man in this universe created by the Tesseract uh, because they had it. So again, little small tweaks. I think this was the perfect opening for the series because it's very, very easy to follow. If they had opened with any of the other episodes, I feel like people would have been turned off immediately because of how outlandish they are. Um, but yeah, I, I love this one. This was, this was one of my faves. Um, I think I actually, as I ranked it, and we'll talk about rankings later, but um, I loved this episode. Peggy Carter, uh, Haley Atwell coming in to voice Peggy Carter as well. I need her in the MCU. And I said that the minute that I saw her on screen. Well, I think a lot of people said it the minute that they just saw the promo art was like, oh, please. Yes, please. I think there's like two comics in Marvel right now where she's like in it from a different universe, but barely in it because they were just using it as like a side character. Whereas now I feel like even the comics would be a fool to not have a series or to have her more prominently used because she is just awesome. She is so cool. Uh, I even picked up that uh, Hydra Stomper Peggy Funko Pop that's uh, sitting on my desk. So awesome. So what did you think about this first episode? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I definitely felt it was the best uh, introduction episode to the series because of the fact, as you said, it was uh, it just made one tiny tweak to what we've known in, uh, out of the established MCU films. So it, for somebody who was coming into this series who may not have been aware of the what if comics or the what if concept like fully to know that it's like, oh, these are telling stories where it, it's literally saying what if something had changed, you know, so this one was just happened to be a slight 
uh, a slight change. And um, yeah, like you said, seeing uh, Haley Atwell come back and voice Peggy Carter and getting this Captain Carter character, like I remember just leading up to it and then uh, seeing the episode, I was like, I just need Haley Atwell in live action, like right away. I need that to happen. I need her to, as that's a way to continue that character because um, outside of the first Avenger, she was uh, older uh, Peggy for the later movies and then was only really there for like flashbacks or whatever so like and then um it's this is uh partially debatable but like the abc series was great a great way to continue her story because we got to see her adventures and how what a badass she is and how how cool and awesome she is as a character so doing more with that character but as the Captain uh, a Captain America replacement or somebody who is the Captain America equivalent moving forward is like it's it's awesome and um, I very much looking forward to her and I'm glad that the creatives have said that she's more or less uh, kind of a through line that they've had for uh, especially later in season one but then also they've kind of teased going into season two that she should hopefully return. Um, and is another character that they're kind of like centering things around. And uh, they all sound like they're excited as well as Haley Atwell to have her be in live action at some point. So I, I really hope it happens. Yeah. Any uh, any favorite moments in this episode? Ooh, uh, probably the um, when she first gets the shield and is uh, and she says like uh, bloody fantastic or bloody hell or whatever she says, like of how like finding her own strength. And um, and then the shot of her on the Hydra Stomper that the uh, Funko Pop you mentioned is uh, based on. Uh, that was a great shot. And then, um, yeah, just uh, and, oh, and then the uh, the little montage of her fighting. Yes, that, that was that was that was a that was a good moment. And but yeah, like anything with uh, her in that episode was just was just great. So uh, it was really it was really great to see. It really speaks to the power of, uh, again, animation that anytime that she's on screen, you're just like immediately hooked on it. And, and the other times were fine when she wasn't, but it just she had this gravitas when she was on the screen, but it's an animated 2d like character yet. You're mm-hmm. over here going like, wow, she is so awesome. But yeah, that, that was one of my favorite parts too. the, the flight montage with the ragtime music. Um, I didn't, I thought it was weird at first, but then I was like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, I'm enjoying this. And then I've liked it more and more each time I've watched it. Uh, the one nitpick I'd have with this episode, and I, I don't think anyone's talked about this yet is by the end of the season, where's her sword. She gets that sword oh, at the right. end of the episode. And then we never right. see it again. I completely forgot about the sword. Yeah. 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 yeah her with the sword was really cool. Yeah, oh, that I was forgot, awesome. I forgot, I forgot I, until you mentioned it, I forgot that she had the sword, but I, uh, yeah, hopefully that'll, uh, make uh, a comeback at some point. Yeah, I hope so. That and I, I don't know what the Captain America equivalent of that is because he didn't really have any other weapons. That he I mean, he had face. a he had a gun in the. But didn't Peggy two. also have the gun too when uh, she comes she, out and she, she might have. She yeah. might have. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think he had anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we this is our first peek at uh, the unknown. Uh, what would you call it? O- octopi crustacean that. Uh, yeah. Is it is that a crustacean? It's a, some type of sea creature <laughs> that looks like a squid. And yep. people have said, is that Shuma Garath? I, I've heard, is that the character from Watchmen? Uh, and the, the, the short answer is nobody really knows. But I, yeah, as I, I was watching... Uh, sorry, I was going to say, I think uh, I think uh, AC Bradley, the head writer, uh, back way back when the first episode came out, I think she said at least it was based on the abolisk design from guardians 2 from the opening montage oh I don't, okay so it was at least based on that design i don't know if you would then technically call it 
an abelesque or uh, whatever creature that was, but it at least was based on that. And then I think they said like kind of go wild of more like uh, 40s horror monsters and that. So, yeah, and I, I saw a lot of people say Shuma Gorath, but as for everything that I had known and read about the series is they were very adamant of saying that they weren't going to be introducing any characters that had not yet already been shown in the films, especially within the infinity saga. So yeah. we haven't seen him. So like, that's like, people can make that connection if they want, but like, it's not, it's not him. Like, cause he's going to, if he's showing up sometime later, like somebody might say like, Oh, he was in what if, but like, I don't, it, maybe the, they're teasing something, but I think they were trying to be very like good of just being like, this is a generic monster. And any of these teases we're not really going to get to until season two, if at all. Yeah, and we see it again in the Doctor Strange episode too. And in both of those, all you ever see is the tentacles. Yeah, I, I did notice in one of my my rewatch yesterday of this episode, you do actually see its mouth. It it opens up a giant sarlacc type mouth with a bunch mm-hmm. of teeth that, and I don't remember it very well from Guardians, but I, I think it is the same kind of mouth. Might have where had it was like a big old mouth. round mouth mm-hmm. that kind of was munching. So cool, whatever. But I, I loved that. I thought that was a perfect ending for her. And again, you, you they really were living in that space of if we change just one thing, but try our best to keep everything else the same of like Peggy sacrificing herself for Steve and for the world, well, for the world, basically sacrifice herself for the world, but losing Steve in that process by going through the portal and never seeing him again. And, you know, though, you're like, Oh, you know, they're going to see him again because Peggy, you know, you see Peggy again, but the question remains what's in what capacity, right? Like, do, are we going to get to see an old Steve then because he aged or did he become the winter soldier? Because there's, right. there's a, not a rumor, but I guess two schools of thought in that regard, it could be either or, and I'm excited mm-hmm. that even by the end of the season, you still don't really know for sure mm-hmm. uh, because they never really reveal who's in that suit at the end, but yeah, great episode, perfect ending. I, I do want to call out. There's a scene in there too. I think when they're on the battlefield, uh, when the Hydra Stomper is sort of being introduced, there's just a panel when they're in the trenches and the sky is like paintbrushes, mm-hmm. paintbrushed uh, pink. And it just looked so beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this is just gorgeous. It reminded me of the old Disney animated movies where, mm-hmm. you know, they would only really animate the characters and then mm-hmm. it was just a painting in the background. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's just so gorgeous. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was it's kind of speaking to that for the whole series that there was, well, definitely they end the, each episode with the concept art, which was great right. to see all that. that. But I, I loved, yeah, those, those moments of like big, landscapes and like like far far shots it definitely looked like it was like oh this is a drawing with some very very few uh like animated parts to it you know which which i thought was was interesting in that it wasn't like a full like like those were moments where like literally like the concept art and people and the uh ryan minerding who's the head of visual development at marvel studios and was the head of this like they did their paintings and like sent it to the animation house and then they were like animate like just like two things and like that that scene that those frames were done you know and then like they move on from that but because like it was a lot of like still it was wasn't a lot of movement like even like what you said like with those clouds like the clouds weren't really moving it was just kind of like static so that was yeah i definitely loved seeing those shots uh in in the episode in the episodes yeah, there's there's a couple more I'll call out as it goes. There's certain episodes where it definitely stood out more so mm-hmm. than others, but I think you can catch it in all of them if you look. Uh, so the next episode in line is uh, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? And uh, so in regards to that pattern, again, identical plot, 
to the prior episode of what if we change, what if we switch the roles of one person, but the difference is now let's expand that to two separate franchises. So what if Mm -hmm. one person from a different franchise was now in this person's shoes? So again, just a very small variation from the last episode, but you need to take those baby steps to get to some of these episodes that are coming up, which I liked. This episode was a really special episode for multiple reasons. I think a lot of people uh, would say that this was their favorite episode of the season. And, and, you know, I can't say that they're wrong for that because there's so much Chadwick Boseman goodness in this episode. Uh, And the whole episode itself is kind of centered around him in that sense, more so than his character, which is, is a, it's beautiful, but it's also sad in the same regard, because I I feel like a, a part of me doesn't like that Marvel has married Chadwick to T'Challa so so deeply in this regard to where this is basically like what if Chadwick Boseman became Star-Lord and and I love that that's great but again we're going to need to still have a T'Challa in the MCU at some point and it's going to have to be somebody else because it can't be him so um, I'm glad they were able to honor him this way in in the animation and the the sweet note that they leave at the very end but again and just the message and I loved uh, my favorite quote from this episode is when um, Yondu at the very end says there's there no, there's no place in the galaxy that you don't belong. And I just love that whole message of being a good person, no matter where you're at, is going to have ripple effects of everyone else around you. Like there's nothing wrong about doing the right thing and doing it for the right reasons. And you hear that throughout the entire episode where he's essentially gets picked up by the Ravagers and they accidentally get him because they were supposed to get Peter Quill, but they stop in Wakanda instead because the the uh, readings are so high off the chart because of the vibranium. But it works out nicely because uh, he also kind of wanted to get out of there and he wanted to learn more about this is almost like uh, his sabbatical in a sense or mm-hmm. his, his walkabout where he leaves and goes to explore the the universe and he becomes Star-Lord. But in in the best way, he's, a, he's, he's an infinitely better version of Star-Lord than Peter Quill ever could have been. And again, no shade to peter quill that's just the facts of the matter is that you've got this prince of wakanda who it's the same as like it's reverse thor in a sense where he chooses to become humble and to leave what he has to look for something more and he makes greatness for himself regardless and i loved that i loved everything with thanos that was probably my favorite part of the episode is just the fact that he was able to convince thanos and that thanos was still convinced that he was right but it was cool that he's like hey you know you know the secret is just to have a really good argument and i totally agree with that but um the rest of it played out just like a Guardians of the Galaxy. This was essentially a Guardians of the Galaxy movie with T'Challa as the main character, which is, again, really cool concept. Great colors, great art. Uh, not as much action as the last episode, but it was still decent when it happened. I mean, Thanos takes on a couple of the Black Order, and you've got T'Challa and Yondu fighting uh, the Collector, which was cool. We got to see him wearing Hela's headdress uh, and getting to use kind of those Necro Sword abilities which was awesome. And then, you know, it's funny too, because by the end of it, they go back to Wakanda and he meets his family again. And a lot of people said they were surprised with how he wasn't as mad at Yondu. But I think that's just part of T'Challa, where I, I think he he was upset for a little bit, but he's he's focused on the bigger picture and not the minutia of that. And he even says that. I love that line when he shows up and he says, um, this is the family that I found along the way. And I loved that. So yeah, this was a great episode. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, I love this episode. Uh, I thought there were some really great 
moments and characters. I really loved uh, Jaiman Hansu, uh, his core yes. rap. Uh, I thought uh, Jaiman Hansu was having a hoot and a half uh, yeah. recording that line. Like, like he, I'd say like, we have best friends. Yeah, he, he had some of the best lines and best reactions. Um, uh, I loved uh, the uh, the nebula with the blonde hair, the, like the yep. femme fatale, like nebula, like that. She was really great. I liked uh, that take of the character of like somebody who's like gotten past some of the trauma that she had with uh, her uh, with Thanos and um, Gamora and not really being experimented on and everything like that. And um, yeah, T'Challa was just great as always. And to hear Chadwick and um, uh, yeah, as you were mentioning, like the one difference of like uh, getting picked up instead of uh, Peter Quill when Craglin uh, uh, was like, he has two uh, see holes, eat holes and hear holes. Like, yeah. I, was, I don't know what the difference is. Like, that was a great line. Um, but um, yeah, it was going into the series knowing that Chadwick did provide his voice for this and he has obviously passed and uh but he did it a lot uh, like way before he he passed obviously like months before and like then seeing some of this this content and like some of the lines like it felt very poignant and like as if they were almost talking about Chadwick kind of like how you said how it was like married but like I think that was just a, a an odd coincidence but also to the fact of how um yeah like Chadwick kind of embodied what T'Challa meant and everything like that and vice versa and everything so yeah that was but yeah it was definitely uh uh one of uh one of the better episodes of the season uh it was enjoyable you know it was uh light and fun and um yeah Thanos was also another highlight he was having that version of him and T'Challa having convinced him not to get the stones and he found a better way and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, it was just a really fun and enjoyable episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny. I, I think I noticed it the first time, but definitely afterwards. I love that we got another Thanos yell because uh, he he shouts the exact same way that he does when he gets put under by Mantis in Infinity War, where he mm. just give, he gives that little like, Rah! and it yeah. was the exact same way that he screamed. And I just, I don't know why. I loved that part. I thought it was great. Um, but so now we see the, the this other pattern that I really liked, which was that if and I'm, we'll see if it adds up by the end of it. But if an episode has a happy ending, the end scene is a bad scene and vice versa. So you've got in this first one, the ending being mm-hmm. well, in the first one, you could argue also that it technically doesn't count because it's just the Captain America story. But again, yeah. sad scene that she disappears. And then the end scene is that she's found again. So that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Here you have a happy ending, but then the end scene is Peter Quill and his father, which is a bad thing. And yeah. so they're like, ooh, here's a bad cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And so then you see like with this next episode with the, the uh, what if there were no Avengers that uh, obviously this episode, it ends on a good note. Uh, it doesn't, you know, the whole episode is not a good note, but when it ends on a good note, but then there's a bad ending and it's like, oh no, you know, what's going to happen now? So with this third episode, uh, we've got, one of the most interesting episodes I would say of the entire season in terms of the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, What a cool story. Basically what if all the Avengers died and you, as you watch this, this episode is a complete murder mystery. It is uh, just, you know, watching it for the first time, 
I would almost say that it was my favorite episode on a first view, just because most of these episodes, you kind of know what's coming. And this was the only episode where I had no idea what was like, I had no idea who it was. I know everyone was always talking about, oh, it's, it's hope, or maybe it's ghost, or maybe it's this, that like no one knew until the final reveal. And it just was so cool that they were able to pull off a twist like that. But so we find out that after Iron Man dies, Hawkeye, Thor, Hulk, uh, and then eventually Black Widow, I believe, dies as well, mm-hmm. that Hank Pym is killing all of the Avengers. And that's why you can never see it, because he's in his Ant-Man form. And he's doing so because Hope died on duty with S.H.I.E.L.D. And so technically, this episode is what if Hope Van Dyne joined S.H.I.E.L.D. and died? And uh, I just love that. And then you got the whole piece of Loki showing up to avenge his brother's death with perfect timing of Thor, where he's wanting to be this leader. And this is the perfect, I mean, he was probably smiling up in Asgard when no one was looking of like, this is it. This is how I become king. I go down and avenge my brother's death and everyone's going to love me. And they're all for it. Everyone is, is totally in line with him. But Nick Fury just killed it in this episode too of being perfect toe-to-toe match for Loki. And then even them teaming up by the end of it to stop Hank Pym. I thought that whole fight in the graveyard was phenomenal. I loved it. And, uh, and I also love that this was a take on Fury's big week. I loved the, you mm-hmm. know, slamming in your face what day it was. And, and, you know, each day a new person is dying. And it just, it, I loved that. It threw you for a loop. And uh, again, by the end of it, though, Loki ends up taking over the planet, or at least he's announcing that he's taking over the planet. And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> like, this is not going to be good. Um, so, yeah, what did, uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I, I agree pretty much with everything you said. It, it definitely was one of the most interesting and uh, intriguing ones on first watch because they really didn't know a lot about what was going to happen. Uh, I think I, when it was going to come out, I knew it was a murder mystery and was going to take place in Fury's big week, which I was uh, excited that they were kind of centering it around this part of the MCU phase one timeline that a lot of people probably didn't know was like all overlapping or even had a name right. and, yeah, and, good the, point. and, and the, 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 tie, the comic tie-in that was uh, called Fury's big week and whatnot. So I thought that was a cool way to like, bring that to the forefront for any of the newer fans who've jumped on to the MCU in later years to be like, Oh, so those are like overlapping. Cause I mean, you kind of get a little bit when you're watching like with Colson saying he's going out to New Mexico and things like that. And you see in the back of Iron Man two, uh, the events at Culver university with the Hulk. So, mm. uh, but yeah, but watching through it was um, really interesting. Cause yeah, I was trying to figure out like, yeah, who, what's going on? Who is this? Like, who's doing this? Like, what's the, what's causing the Avengers to die. And then, um, yeah, you get to the end and it's like you said, I thought it was when, well, when they said it was hope, I was like, okay, so it's Ant-Man related. So it's like, oh, is it ghost? Because I was like, ghost can oh, be, okay. Okay. I yeah. thought it was ghost. I, I didn't think it was hope, but I was like, I, I got the, the wordplay of it's all about hope, meaning being hopeful and such, but also hope Van Dyne, the character. And then, yeah, then when it got to the end and it was Hank, but as like a yellow jacket Hank, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And then some other highlights in the episode were, um, I, well, I don't know if it was a highlight, but it was definitely interesting to see mark ruffalo portray edward yes. in uh era hulk that was like that was a little bit of a trip to be like oh like that's like because i know a lot of people have uh joked at like if in, the technology gets slightly better in the next like 10 years if they could deep fake mark ruffalo into right. the incredible hulk you know so that'd be awesome <laughs> uh, yeah 
Yeah, that was see that, and then but then also the whole death that was probably one of the most gruesome things. Him just like blowing up like uh, Violet from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like yeah. the bubble, like the blueberry, and then just like popping, like that was like so crazy and uh, weird. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then getting to the end of seeing um, Hank, but as like a yellow jacket version, I thought that was a great way to do that aspect of the character, which has with his temper and such that's from the comics that they probably won't ever I mean they've kind of touched on it a little bit in the live action films but like they're never going to like do any of that but like this version of it was like a perfect way to do it which kind of just ties into what the series was trying to go for is like um a lot of people rightly so were saying that a lot of these episodes were like really dark and like there was a lot of death and stuff and I get, and I understood that, but, and like my argument and what the creators were saying was like, this was the series where you could do these stories. Cause like right. Marvel studios in a live action or like in, in any property that's taking place in the main sacred timeline, like they're never going to do anything like this because of monetary reasons and whatnot, you know, and just like for storytelling reasons. And like, so like, this was the story in it place in animation to do something like that so like yeah i get like as we'll talk about as we get like towards the middle of the season yeah i was like bummed out too like oh this is another dark and dreary episode um but it made sense to me because i was like we're never going to see a type of story like this otherwise you know so that's why so bringing it back to hank pym like seeing that aspect of the character was really cool for those who know what he's like in the comics to see that to know hey we got that little part of it and like it's in an alternate reality, but then the Hank Pym that we'll see again in Quantum Mania will be the one that we've uh, experienced everything in the past already. So we'll, we still have that version and such, you know. So uh, yeah, this one was definitely higher in my favorability of the series because just for the overall nature of of the surprise of it and the where they went with the story and such, I, I think it was one of the definitely the better what if stories that they had of the season. Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, there's a couple of points I'd point out to as highlights as well. And obviously I'd echo all the ones you said. I love the Black Widow, Elizabeth, uh, Betty Ross love triangle mm-hmm. that we get. That was nice yeah. to see that both of yeah. them were there with Hulk. Uh, but also, and I know Sarah, uh, one of our uh, guests on here a few times, uh, had mentioned this, and I totally agree that this series is like the Black Widow series in a sense that, you know, this series yeah. does her, her justice more so than the MCU movies. Mm-hmm. And you see that here. You get some great scenes with her uh, punching her way out of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, figuring out the mystery in the dark uh, library, mm-hmm. and then... Um, you know, fi- you know, finally meeting her demise, but at least she, you know, even the scenes where she's with Hulk at Culver, like, I love those bits where she's the things she says, she's just so cool. And I thought this was the first one where I like for the first episode, I wasn't a huge fan of Captain America's voice. I was cool with it. Like whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't like, Oh, this is amazing. Lake bell sold me. On yeah. Black widow. I was in and at first. I was like, that sounds a lot like someone I know. And then I saw the Lake Bell thing. I was like, oh, that's perfect because she has such a wry voice. And you totally see it in the last episode too. The way, like I I'd closed my eyes on one of the watches when she was talking. I was like, that is totally like Lake Bell. She's like not even acting. She's just yeah. talking, which is awesome. <laughs> and so I loved that. I thought her voice was great. Um, the other piece too is, and we start seeing this in some of these next episodes, is just around essentially what if the MCU 
had used everything that they could at the very beginning. Right. right? And so this is the first one where we see that of like, you, you get your basic Avengers, but also, well, what if Ant-Man's thrown in the mix? And what if that's the bad version of Ant-Man? And I just loved that, that like he all because his daughter died was able to kill all of the Avengers. And you see that in the zombies episode two of just, just how powerful not only Hank Pym is, but Pym tech and Pym mm-hmm. technology, that shrinking technology, the growing technology is a force to be reckoned with. And you don't, you kind of see it in the MCU, but it's, it's played a lot for comedy. And I love that in here, you're getting to see the serious side effects of like this man who is literally on the brink of uh, psychosis and you see him get to crack in this episode. And that brings up another interesting point too, that kind of leads us into our next episode is this series first and foremost for me reminded me of like a Rod Serling series. I know a lot of people said Mm -hmm. that it reminded them of like outer limits Uh, which isn't exactly Rod Serling, but like Twilight Zone. For me, it was Night Gallery. Just those episodes where you have a narrator who is kind of narrating and talking about something, and then you watch a anthology that has nothing to do with any other episode. So you're able to do things like have a unhappy ending. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And you, and that's why, you know, when this, this was my favorite as, as these three episodes premiered each time I was like, Ooh, I like, like I liked, I thought I liked Peggy Carter's episode a little more than I liked the Star Lord episode. But then when the Avengers episode came out, I was like, "Oh, this one's my favorite." Like, yeah. I loved the crazier that they got because, like you said, you can't do that in the MCU. You, I mean, you could, but you may start losing box office revenue at some point for that because people don't want to go to the movies to be sad. They mm-hmm. want the catharsis that comes from the sadness into the goodness, and you don't get that in some of these episodes, especially this next one. So exactly. hats off to them for being like, you know what, just do it. Go there go as crazy as you can because you can't you only get one shot and, and right they, they shot their shot for sure yeah and uh but yeah before we move on to that i just yeah wanted to touch too like you said uh lake bell i just want to agree i definitely felt yeah of uh, the replacement uh actors who weren't voicing their uh mcu counterparts i felt she did she did such a great job like she didn't i i guess i wouldn't say like I could definitely tell it didn't sound like scarlet to me you know but i felt whatever she did with the character I, like i i loved her it, it felt within the character, you know. It felt so, like Black Widow. It felt like more Black so Widow. than exactly. Scarlett Johansson, which exactly. is great. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I really, I really loved hers. Uh, so, and I know we'll probably touch on the end of just overall voice acting and such. But yep. since you had mentioned it, I wanted to just yeah. hop in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, episode four is "What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands?" Uh, this then, <laughs> when this episode came out, I was like, "Well, this is my favorite episode," and that actually stayed that way for a really long time. But I just loved this because this felt straight out of the Twilight Zone straight. I mean, and it was funny because I I was using it as an explanation just as a random example. But then I realized like it's identical to that to the episode from Twilight Zone where uh, I don't remember what the guy's name is, but he's the last man on Earth or, or something happens where he wakes up. Everyone else is dead and he's been trying to read. And essentially the, the story is that he loves reading, but he can't because he's got like He's got all this work he has to do with his job. His wife is nagging him all the time. And one morning he just wakes up and everybody's gone. And he says, this is amazing. Like, this is, I, I love it. I've got all the time in the world. He, he walks down to the library and no one's there. He grabs a big old pile of books and he's got his glasses on. It's played by Burgess Meredith too, which was great. Uh, but right at the end, he goes to sit down and he trips and his glasses fall and break. And so he can't see. <laughs> and he's like, 
he was like there there was time there i had time what's going on and that reminds me of this episode to where yeah by the end of it dr strange is the last man on earth and all he has is time to reflect on everything and so just amazing so essentially the gist of this episode instead of him getting into a car accident and damaging his hands he loses christine she is in the car with him and she dies and that is what spurns him to be dr strange Go, everything else is the exact same. He goes to Comertage, he learns, he grows, he fights Dormammu, he bargains, he wins. And by the end of it, though, he gets to where he gets the time stone and he starts getting some ideas. And he thinks, okay, well, if I can go back in time, maybe I can save Christine. And so he uses the time stone and he goes back and then he goes back and then he goes back. And every single time he goes back, she still dies every time so you're getting to witness all of these different deaths of chris i mean this could have been called the many deaths of christine palmer in a sense because Mm -hmm. we see her die a lot and by the end of it the ancient one shows up and essentially says that she is a nexus point she is a uh what was the word that she uses absolute point in time an absolute point in time yes and that no matter what happens she has to die and this is a point i know people pointed out as a complaint but remember in this universe she is the absolute point in time in the mcu his hands would be the absolute point in time to where this has to happen for him to become dr strange and defeat dormammu otherwise the universe dies and so that's why he can't go save her because if not it would cause a a rupture in the time space continuum and everything would end but does he listen? No, because Dr. Strange is very arrogant. And so he goes to the ends of the earth. He finds the library of Cagliostro and learns everything that he can and uses the time stone to help him by being able to study for thousands of years while he is uh, learning these ways and ends up finding out that there is a way to break an absolute point in time, but you have to consume souls in a sense. You have to consume things. And so he starts small by consuming like a little gnome and a spider. And then it starts growing to where he eventually is consuming creatures like the giant squid thing. And he eventually consumes that. And at this point, you're like, oh man, where he's just, oh, he's he's transforming into creatures. And so he goes to try and save Christine and uh, I'm trying to remember how it goes. I, sh- I should have remembered. But basically, we find out that when the Ancient One met with Doctor Strange, that she created a break in time to where there are two Doctor Stranges, this one that's been in studying for thousands of years, and regular Joe Schmo, Doctor Strange, who decided not to go back in time and save Christine. He figured, you know what? Ancient One is right. And so she says, you have to defeat your other half because otherwise he's going to destroy the multi, the universe, the entire universe. And so they fight this amazing anime fight we get to see. This is probably one of my favorite action scenes in the entire series. The cloaks are fighting, they're fighting, they're flying, they're breaking through things, they're they're going into different realities. And by the end of it, you get to this beautiful thing where you think that he's gonna win and he doesn't. And then Doctor Strange consumes himself and that's the last thing he needs. And he rotates his hand and all this stuff happens. And I just love that bit. The music gets really gorgeous. And uh, Christine is saved and she's brought back. But what is she brought back to? This giant, disgusting creature that's got all of this, this hideousness. He's got giant wings and claws and she's freaking out. She's, and while this is happening, the entire universe is deteriorating around them. That's just being destroyed. And so he's trying to stop it, trying to save her at the same time, but he can't. And so by the end of it, all that's left in his universe is him inside a tiny pocket dimension within the universe. Uh, And this is the first time we actually see, and it's funny that uh, we haven't even mentioned the watcher yet, 
Um, and we'll, we'll get to him at the end. Cause I, I think there's a, there's an important through line with the watcher as well, but this is the first time the watcher actually interferes and he comes in and actually talks to Dr. Strange who begs him because he's so powerful that he can see the watcher begs him for help. And the watcher says, no, he says, I'm not going to help you because you know, you made your bed and now it's time to live in it. Even if I could help you, I, you know, basically I couldn't, I couldn't if I wanted to. And so then he leaves him and that's the end of the episode. There's no little sting, little tease at the end. It's just the universe died and all that's left is Dr. Strange there by himself. Wow. What did you think of this episode? Yeah, this, this was a really great episode. I remember uh, when uh, watching it for the first time that it, just seeing all the things you just, you, you previously mentioned were highlights for me as well. And yeah, just the fact that in this universe, that yeah christine had to be the one to die and we saw the the montage like of all the ways that he tried to like like not going in the car well originally it was because he tried to kind of like in the doctor strange movie get around a truck and like the oncoming traffic forced them to uh to swerve back and they get Mm -hmm. hit from behind and everything but then yeah so he tries like going a different route going uh staying within the speed limit like uh staying at home going out to for pizza or like actually going to the event like uh, all the ways like they still ended she still ended up dying and um that part to me was like okay yeah we don't need to see like christine like keep dying like all these times but it, it just had to drive home the fact of that like just like this this point had to happen and that it's just driving him so much to like find a way to try and break that like it's just like the what he's trying to do for this one moment is just kind of like blinding him to like the truth of it all and stuff and like he's not listening to Wong he's not listening to the ancient one or whatever so yeah all that stuff was great and then when he gets got to the library and was just going through all the uh different spells and seeing all the creatures and everything like that that was just really interesting to just see everything that he was doing. And by the end of it, he goes back to uh, Obang, I believe is the, uh, Obang is the, was the- Obang, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obang, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, and just like, he's an old man now because Strange has been doing this in his own little room for like, he's just been in there for thousands of years, you know, and it's, he's gotten back to the present, because he's gone back in time and now he's back in present day, essentially, of like when- his other self is existing. And so, yeah, that leads to the, to the great battle and stuff. And yeah, it's just, it was something to see at the end that you were like, Oh, he's going to do it. He's going to break the, the, the repetition of Christine dying and she's alive, but then she's like disgusted by him. And then, like you said, yeah, he like, he still loses. Like, so like after all that, what it was worth was his universe and like, and then him just sitting alone for, through the ends of time, just within his pocket dimension, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of call outs too. I thought that this episode was better than the Dr. Strange movie. I also thought that this episode should have been the Dr. Strange movie. And the only tweak that they would have done is made Dr. Strange win. Uh, and, and I would have been totally cool with that. Like this to me was so much more, uh, fantastical in that mystical type of way where mm-hmm. we really get to look at, I mean, it was cool to see Dormammu at the end and we're learning some stuff, but how much cooler would have been to have seen him kind of going through time and, you know, absorbing all of these souls and seeing all that CGI and then having him have this amazing fight against himself all while you could have had like the beginning half of the movie 
been him fighting Dormammu where, you know, we, we see Christine die and, you know, all of that stuff. And it would have just made so, it would have been so much more emotionally powerful than the story that we got, because there really wasn't a lot of emotion in that story. Um, and, and I get, they were trying to be true to the comics, which, you know, can't really fault them for that, but you see that as where that's, I love Dr. Strange. That's one of my faves, mm-hmm. but I still acknowledge that that movie is a very basic movie. Like I enjoy it just because I love Dr. Strange. It's right. not, it's a very, you know, one, two, three act type of movie. Um, the other thing too was this movie came out the exact same time as uh, Shang-Chi and I loved that the parallels with this were uh, were there with the you know going to the ends of the earth for somebody that you love that died and ruining the having the possibility of ruining the universe because of your blindness where you can't see outside of yourself so I, I thought that was great yeah um, and then the other thing I point out here too is and again, Peggy Carter, amazing. I love, lo- I loved Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of himself. Yep. Like there are certain mm-hmm. people where like in, in Captain America, Bucky was not good. Uh, Sebastian Stan definitely didn't do well. And I, I personally think he improved in zombies. Uh, but in this, I was just like, I don't know why I was just so happy. I was like, you know what? This <laughs> is so cool that Benedict Cumberbatch came back yeah. to do this. And you've got every, uh, this would have been one of the first episodes where, everyone was there because you I had him so. you had Wong, Wong, tilda swinton you had or yeah mm-hmm. benedict Wong, tilda swinton um literally rachel everyone McA- rachel mcadams rachel mcadams yes, even yeah. uh chris uh christine or leslie bibb as christine everhart the uh that's the right reporter yep. for, the, for the brief like five second <laughs> that she was on the yeah. tv but, but yeah I, th- I think yeah i think if if we're looking at the credits of this one i think the only the only obang was a new character voiced yeah. by a new actor but everybody else was a returning character or actor yeah super cool and from there to go to transition from that to the next episode uh this was what i thought this was a highlight i loved this zombies episode so the, ne- the next episode was what if what if zombies and i loved this because they were not only were they trekking in a new direction for themselves, but they were completely paying homage to Marvel zombies where, you know, they, it's the same exact concept of what if the universe was plagued by some, you know, virus and everyone turns into a zombie and there's a small group of people trying to survive, but they did it brilliantly by tying it into the quantum realm and talking about some quantum virus that comes out. And again, you know, I heard people saying like, okay, come on. But at the same time, it's like, okay, come on. Like, that's really cool. I love that. You know, we're tying it back into Ant-Man, but of course their power, their, their insane power of being able to travel into the quantum realm would cause some issues in a different universe and bringing that back and seeing everybody as zombies was just so cool. Uh, and I loved the, the ragtag team that we got, you got Spider-Man, uh, happy hogan uh, i loved what was his uh what's his name david desmalkian oh kurt kurt yep he was great uh, and i didn't really recognize him at first until he started talking i was like oh that's so cool that he survived <laughs> and then uh scott lang in the helmet uh black panther sharon uh, carter there? sharon carter and oh a, and then Akoye. hope Akoye. And Akoye. And Ho- yeah just like to me it, it, at the same time they were probably looking these episodes too as like what if we could create a different Avengers team? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? And it, with Again, with being able to play with everybody as opposed to the way the phases worked out where we didn't even get to see Ant-Man or Okoye be a part of the Avengers ever. And I loved it. There's a, there's a scene in this one where the Avengers show up initially to fight the zombies and it's the full Avengers team and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, 
that makes sense. That's so natural. Yet we never got to see that in the movies. And so it was like, oh, that was just such a cool shot. And you see that too in, uh, I guess we didn't really talk about that, but in the in the Avengers Die episode, you see that with Captain Marvel showing up at the very end as well. Right. So you've got that good ending of, okay, Captain Marvel's here, but cool. Now we get a Captain Marvel thing. So um, I love this. I loved the whole concept of it. The, the fights were great. But then they upped the ante when they went to Camp Lehigh and we get to see Vision and how Vision is immune to the zombies, but at the same time is housing his own zombie in Scarlet Witch. And I am a huge, I've always been a huge Scarlet Witch fan. And so seeing her in a different light, I already pre-ordered the Funko Pop. I just loved that. Everything about it was great. We get this huge battle, Hulk fighting Scarlet Witch along with all these zombies. You get to see Hope uh, turning super big after she gets bit. And sacrificing herself again, I would argue she should have shrunk herself down before she died, but I'm cool with that. Whatever. Again, it's a fake multiverse. We don't need to, you know, get into the nitpicks of that, but it was, that was something I noticed. I was like, come on. Um, but then there's a couple of other things too, where I was like vision. And I, I love this. I'd love for your opinion on it too. I love what they did with vision, but I could also have seen them like vision. Why didn't you just help them escape and then confine yourself to camp Lehigh to, for your penance where he's but i get why he did it because he's a cyber he's a, a sentient like an, a synth what is it a synthetic android or a synthesoid yeah. where yeah. he logically the way that he did it is correct for a robot but someone could have just been like look can you please just at least let us get into the atmosphere first and again they got away so it wasn't a big deal but i was just like come on like help us out vision he just basically commits suicide and does does the same thing that Thanos yeah. did to him in Infinity War. I'm like, dude, it's crazy. Like he is shook at this point for giving up that soon. Uh, but it was great. And then we get the great ending with Thanos in Wakanda, which also had some of its own interesting timeline stuff that, uh, and I got to give credit to Juice on this. He had such a cool thing where he, he said, this was on the uh, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos uh, live stream on YouTube, uh, or I guess you could get it on a podcast. But he said, you know, Thanos doesn't matter really whether Thanos got the stones before or after, but a zombie Thanos would no longer want to snap his fingers and just get rid of half the universe. A zombie Thanos would want to snap his fingers and turn the entire universe into zombies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Ooh, like, of course yep. that would mean that universe is over and done. Right. They've all, they're all. And that's why in that last episode, when he said, it's not the zombies, it's about what comes with the zombies. I was like, Oh, we're going to get to see Thanos. But then <laughs> even better, we got to see Scarlet Witch. So um, yeah. Thoughts on that one on, on the zombies episode. Yeah. I thought this one was just a lot of fun. I mean, it's like they could have gone like horror horror zombie but they went with like campy zombie which yeah. is like i mean i feel like that's like the best that you could have done and like i mean even from the start so it's uh, with uh uh bruce banner out in the streets and he sees um oh, the, right. uh, he sees the black order come down and it's like the same things kind of from infinity war and then like uh the zombie avengers come and then the cloak of levitation is there like battling and we see wong's head gets decapitated from the sling with the ring and everything and, or the the portal and that was like cool and slightly gross but then um yeah all the stuff with spider-man uh his little video was great especially the, yeah that was funny and, and the um and the shirt that happy had the uh, i'm not single i'm saving myself for thor you know that was yeah. that was a great uh <laughs> great shirt um and some of our friends have uh, since wanted to put uh bucky or loki in there you know depending on uh preference of what oh, they're saving yeah, themselves for, sure. for. Yeah. um but uh yeah and i thought like you said yeah the the composition of uh avengers 
who are left in this, I thought was really cool to see. Like I really enjoyed the group of uh, characters that we had and how we were able to interact. And like you were saying for the past episodes, like is the series was great in showing us things that could have happened at the in the earlier episodes or whatever if of all the components had been there you know if we had if we had end game level story like uh, previously yep. during iron man like oh we could have like peppered all this in like yeah. all throughout you know that that was really cool to see that but yeah uh, uh, scott um being a floating head was really great he had a uh, some great moments like when he said like when guardian leviosa as he was like oh yeah yeah, that, yeah. That, uh-huh. yeah yeah so a lot of a lot, yeah so there were a lot more fun and enjoyable moments in this one and um even though it does end with a zombie thanos and the gauntlet in wakanda uh black panther spider-man and scott and ant-man they have the cure so you know so it seems hope even though it does end on like a this could potentially go very wrong for them it does seem like there could be some potential hope uh, yeah. uh hopeful ending for them if they do get the cure out of uh from camp lehigh that vision was working on so um yeah overall I, this one this one was a fun one but as we were, were getting here into this part of the season it's like okay some of these are still kind of getting a little dark um but yeah overall i, I did enjoy this one mm-hmm. yeah and i another call out i missed too is i love the okoye fight that she has in the train station. Yeah. That, that beautiful wide shot of her doing like the flip and then, you know, smack. Oh, it's just so good. The, the great, great fights in here too. You know, and I will say again, I think we're doing a lot of praising right now and maybe we'll talk, we'll talk about some of our nitpicks at the very end, but there were some cringy bits in this episode too, of where, especially kind of with, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man's my favorite character, but uh, there's just that one, you know, young piece of Spider-Man where some of the jokes just don't land. Uh, as well as some of the others but it, it wasn't enough to make me not like the episode again i just thought i could have watched two hours of the zombies like i really wanted to stay in that that universe and figure out what, what was going to happen next because the writers even said in that uh, uh season finale uh article we'll talk about at the end that they assumed it was a happy ending so they said the same thing yeah, they've, right. they, they've got the stone which i didn't interpret it that way but just because i feel like when you show up thanos immediately would kill you but yeah. maybe not because he's a zombie so who, who knows but yeah great episode uh now i don't know if you'd agree but I, I think this is where the roller coaster started going downhill just a tiny bit uh this next episode was the killmonger episode what if, essentially what if same vein right what if the marvel universe was a little and i I think david mentioned this as well what if the marvel universe was fully realized what if you could play with everything yeah it'd be really cool to see what killmonger could do with tony stark and we get to see that so essentially this was a perfect blend of the iron man series and the black panther series and how they merged those two characters together i thought that was great uh overall i enjoyed the story there's just something about this episode that i was just like eh, like it it was enjoyable and there were some really good fights in it as well like that end wakanda fight with uh general uh ramanda was amazing insane i was cheering at that part but just the way that he got away with everything and and i guess as a testament to killmonger as a character i loved that like he's so conniving he's always 10 steps ahead of everyone there's a couple spots like when he presses that button when they're in wakanda how did nobody see him press that button when he says i think i want a little more than that and it's like okay no one saw you and same with tony stark where I, he's a futurist how did he not anticipate that just this one robot would get the job done and maybe it's because it's hubris and obviously that's what cost him his life but if i was tony stark i would have been a little more prepared than that or i would have released some footage 
to the world sort of thing, the same way that Killmonger does. But uh, other than that, like I said, I enjoyed it. I did not like the way that he cheered for uh, Wakanda forever. (laughs) Didn't like that at all. Uh, But it was, again, like I I ended up watching it, I think twice. So I I still, I didn't hate it. I still get, I think I've got it listed here as a seven. Like I I tried to rate them all. I didn't hate any of these episodes. This is just definitely at the, this is my least favorite of all of the episodes. Yeah, this one, this one definitely felt flat for me. Um, I definitely wasn't as big on it. Partially because I felt there was a lot, a much better what if storyline of what if uh, Wakanda had saved Killmonger after uh, if in jo- if his yeah. father if Injobu uh, was still killed or even not if like Wakanda well like if he was if his father was still a war dog um, out and then they just got back to Wakanda so he grew up within the civilization he was around T'Challa like almost like a Thor Loki situation of like the brothers growing up together so like more or less of like what if Killmonger was like good or whatever you know so that's kind of based on like how we saw him in the trailers and everything I was kind of anticipating what the story was and I was like looking forward to that so uh, and then when I saw when I saw it, like the episode, it just, it, it, it felt flat. And I'm trying to remember of, like after watching it, when we were discussing um, together, I, I feel like I had mentioned that to me, it didn't like, I didn't really get why um, I think like, why did it have to be Killmonger and Iron Man? You know, like, why did the, like, I get that, like, okay, so they built the, 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 the drone army and uh they use the uh, vibranium for it but like killmonger essentially is still invading the city much like he did in the black panther movie like did he really need the robots to do it like probably not like he could have done something else like he still he still was in cahoots with claw he still like claw still dies from uh kill by killmonger's hand and such you know so like of him just succeeding and overthrowing uh, the throne. Like I felt it could have paralleled the movie more of just, and instead of uh, T'Challa beating him, like uh, um, he just went like Killmonger just wins in that battle, you know, of like with the border tribe and all that stuff, you know, like, so to me, just pairing him with Iron Man, it just, it, it didn't make much sense to me. So that's why it just, just kind of felt flat for me, but like, I, but watching it, I, I think I've only watched this one once. I do remember I did, uh, enjoy seeing uh, Ramonda fighting the uh, the robots and uh, the mech robots and uh, Okoye and the Dora Milaje uh, fighting in that scene and such. But yeah, I agree. I didn't really like the connivingness of Killmonger and such. And so yeah. So overall, this this was definitely a, a one a bottom tier episode for me. Yeah. Um. You know, let me see if I can try and, and help you on that though. So if 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 I'm Killmonger. Uh, and you see it in this as well, right? Because I originally had questioned why why does he press the button? I mean, at the end of the day, you have to create an outside force for everyone to unite against. Like but he he can't just show up and say, hey, I want to be a part of this family. There needs to be something else. And so I think that's the whole point of it is that he's playing the long game, that he needs to get with Iron Man so that he can create something that's going to cause something to happen where he can unite with Wakanda, which is what happens. But you get to that point where uh, all the drones get deactivated and you're like, okay, cool, awesome, problem solved. But I don't remember who explained that to me of like, no one trusts him still. So you have to have that moment where 
that that catharsis that comes from war and, and and it's it's proven in this why war is so terrible that the catharsis is oftentimes wrong that everyone doesn't trust him he shows up there's this giant strife a giant war and by the end of it everyone's problems are set aside you know what we all fought together we all you know we're all brothers in arms now so we can forget about the past and in this case that worked out for him but it doesn't work out for everyone else because he's lying but that's why he needed it to happen was he needed ultimate trust from everyone so that there'd be no one questioning him obviously shuri and pepper still end up mm-hmm. doing so at the very end but yeah i mean in in the first time i watched it i really liked his connivingness because it made for good a good episode in that you never really knew what he was what he wanted because by the end of it, when he, he, you know, it's like, what does he want being the, the COO or whatever? And then it was like, he outed Obadiah. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. I guess he's best friends with Iron Man. But then I was like, no, no, there's, <laughs> there's gotta be something else. And then when he shows up at Wakanda, I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. He got what he wanted. And I was like, no, I think he actually, and he even says it. I think I want a little more than that. And it's like, how much more does he want? So in that sense, it made, it made sense. But at the same time, I get it. Like, I wasn't a fan of that, but I understand its importance of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, my thing was, the goal was, the goal ultimately that I saw it was, Kilmar still wants the heart-shaped herb to get the powers of the Black Panther, which right. is, he got those in the movie. Yeah. And like, he does eventually get them here. So, like, th- to me, the, the Iron Man part of it was very interchangeable. Like, you could have pulled that part of the episode out put any sort of other MCU connection into it and you probably still would have gotten to the end result or you could have pulled it out completely and made it just like him on his own, like doing something to get into Wakanda, get their trust and then like do something to go be like to go behind their back a little bit and then to get that more power. So, so that's kind of where it just kind of fell off for me of where I was like, to me, I could pull apart the story more of this. What if scenario and I could find ways that you could still get from a to B or insert something else. Whereas versus some of the other episodes, I was like, this is a nice uh, contained story that I like, if I change any more, then it becomes a vastly different thing or the story doesn't work anymore. So that's kind of where I had issues with it. Yeah. Now with the rest of these episodes, or at least the last few episodes that we're talking about here, um, like you said, they're all very dark. They're very dark episodes, but we now get a little bit of light coming through on the other side with this next episode, which is the Party Thor episode. And this essentially, uh, what if Thor was an only child? And uh, a lot, I, you know, some people didn't like this episode. I really enjoyed this one. You didn't like it. Okay, yeah. good. Then we'll yeah. have a good, we'll have a good discussion on this yeah. one. I I get why, and I, I it's definitely not one of my favorites. It's at the bottom half of my episodes. But just the fact that we got so much Captain Marvel in this hat, like, I can't toss that aside. I can't just say that I hate this episode because everything Captain Marvel in this episode is perfect. And everything with Chris Hemsworth, I thought was great too. The more that I watched it, I was just like, man, I'm so happy that Chris is doing the voice of this. And it paid off so well in the last episode with everything he says about Vegas. But there were definitely some issues as well with it uh, in terms of just some questionable pieces. So we'll, we'll dive into this one. So essentially he's an only child and uh, Loki is not taken in by uh, Asgard, I guess you could say by Odin. And so he's raised by himself and just becomes a party animal because he's an only child. That's I guess kind of what happens sometimes, I suppose for some people. And uh, now he kind of goes around the universe looking for a good time. 
and uh, Jane Foster ends up detecting him on a planet that died because he was having a party on that planet. And we find out later, but that's essentially what alerts her to Thor. So a different in- in entrance than in the Thor movie. She reports that to S.H.I.E.L.D. and they end up getting a little concerned as well. Thor ends up showing up on Earth in Las Vegas and has a giant like universal party which was really cool. We got to see a lot of cool guests. We got to see, uh, you know, not, not the collector, but um, the grandmaster. We got to see Howard the Duck. That was great. We got a lot of great voices in this one too. Not only do you get Chris Hemsworth, you get Natalie Portman, you get Darcy Lewis or um, uh, what's her Kat name? Dennings. Kat, Kat Dennings. Dennings. Uh, and then you get, I was bummed that we didn't get Renee Russo for Thor's mom, but I still liked her character. I thought she was good. Um, but by the end of it, basically he's partying and essentially when a god and a bunch of giants and frost giants in this case loki shows up as a frost giant and is apparently best friends with thor uh you're gonna get some damage you're gonna get just like any other type of house party except on a more global scale so in a way i almost wonder if this was like a slight nod to the war of the realms uh because when that comic series came out they had series dealing with each continent and how you know there were crises going on in different different uh Uh, what are they called? Like basically the dark elves were attacking Africa and Mm -hmm. the trolls were attacking South America. And so kind of cool in that sense. Uh, But things for me really heated up when they used the beeper to call in Captain Marvel and she just pounds uh, Thor into submission, which was just fantastic to see. And even then Thor puts up a good fight with her as well. And we get a really good exchange between the two of them, but they don't achieve the result they want. And Captain Marvel explains that if she uses her full power, she would probably destroy the planet. And we get just one of my favorite shots from the series is them punching each other into different countries as the map shows France written along the map. And it's just, I don't know. I thought that was such cool animation, um, but we get some great shots with her. She's I just, I can't, I could talk about Captain Marvel all day long. She's one of my favorite characters. And by the end of it, S.H.I.E.L.D. decides, well, either they're going to take Thor to a sequestered place and try and knock him out. Uh, Captain Marvel can use her full power. And what I think they end up taking her to South Dakota, taking him to South Dakota, but they've got nukes on standby as well. And obviously Captain Marvel is going to be fine from that. She absorbs energy, so she couldn't get killed or even hurt by a nuke if they tried. And uh, so they decide to wait for a sec because at the same time, Jane Foster decides, well, and just, and I guess Darcy's the one who suggests it, but it's like, just go tattle on the mom. It's a house party, right? Like have the parents come home. And so she goes and talks to Frigga who then shows up and tells Thor like, Hey, I'm coming to see what you're doing because you're supposed to be studying basically. And he's like, Oh no. And I loved that. I loved that entire concept, but then we get to the ending and he gets away with it. And I was like, no, no, absolutely not. There's no way that you, I mean, I get congrats on him cleaning everything up and putting it all back to where it was supposed to be. But I wanted some sort of punishment for him because I didn't like that he was trashing our planet. And I guess, you know, call me a human being, call me an earthling, but that, yeah, this is my home. I didn't like that. And the fact that Captain Marvel was nice to him at the end and was like, hey, I got these things that you wanted. Again, cool in the Avengers standpoint that yeah that was essentially their their fight their meet cute where they fight and then they become friends but I still was just there was a lingering piece where I wanted him to feel some sort of remorse or change and it didn't happen but then you know the episode ends with the season you know the season ending where uh, a portal opens and a vision Ultron shows up into the universe and that's kind of how it ends but yeah I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Kevin what was it that you didn't like about it yeah, it's this one. This one's just—I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. Um, I I will agree that 
I, I felt Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth did a, a good job voicing the character, but just the party Thor character, just, he just got annoying to me after a while. And I just yeah. like, I, I will say I did enjoy him a lot better in the final episode. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, I, I did enjoy him a lot more there, but um, yeah, I just, I remember watching this one and I was just like, like so, some of the jokes were happening and like, like maybe it was just the time I was watching it, but like they didn't do it. Like the jokes kind of fell flat for me some of the time. And like, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Or like, you know, oh, that's a, like a little chuckle here, you know? So it didn't really do anything. I mean, I, I enjoyed Captain Marvel and Thor fighting. I thought there were cool moments, but like overall, like it wasn't spectacular for me. Um, and then, yeah, I agree that like, just uh, there were, towards the end i actually enjoyed some of it i i enjoyed the cleanup sequence of them doing stuff and like him like pushing the leaning tower yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back because he thought that that was something that they had messed up um yeah. so like yeah there were some things there but like like the whole like the part between captain marvel and shield and his mom like yelling at him and then like then going back down to everybody and being like my mom's coming and they were all like frightened and they're like oh we don't care like that just all felt weird to me like story-wise until he like actually started cleaning everything up and and such so yeah I I I don't know if I could I feel like I kind of danced around a a little bit of it but yeah it just I just remember watching this one I was like that like I'm I was glad this one was like not as dark as the other ones but it just like it didn't do anything really for me but I did very much enjoy at the time the the end scene seeing the the ultron bots or ultron coming through to like lead us into the final episode of the season it was like oh okay like that's pretty cool like what's happening here what's going on now with this and such you know so um that was like probably one of the like like more of the highlights of the episode was seeing the ending but um yeah this one this one is uh this one, I think on my list, I, I have it either last or second to last with the Killmonger one, just because it just, it, it just what in the moment, it just, I, I like the, uh, what the other ones were offering so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fair. And I, like I said, that's my bottom, my bottom three. That's the, the top one of my bottom three, but, um, and I felt the same way. There's just, there was a little bit of it where it did seem a little overplayed in that sense. So I I totally see that, but yeah, that ending, it was like, Holy cow. And I loved it that this is where things kind of got super exciting, but at the same time, kind of predictable in a sense and not in a bad way, but you know, we were talking at that point of like, okay, so now I know exactly what the next two episodes are, right? The next episode is going to be what's up with Ultron. Mm -hmm. And then the final episode is going to be them teaming up to stop Ultron. And so, you know, the how is the only thing we didn't know. And I'm glad because the way they pulled it off, I thought was awesome with this, this Ultron. What if Ultron won? Uh, what if he got the, tr- the cradle, he puts his consciousness into the synthetic body. So there's no vision. So Ultron is now that creature and he creates his own armor and uh, starts taking over the world. And I loved that. He's killing, he kills absolutely everybody. Uh, and he uses his powers to release all of the nukes. And they blow up basically the entire planet. In my head, canon, um, a couple of years passed because you can't really go outside after a nuclear holocaust, and all that's mm-hmm. left is Black Widow and Hawkeye. And they, and even when you see it at that point, um, and maybe that was even before that with the, maybe I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the timeline of it, but essentially Thanos shows up and he's got the Infinity Gauntlet and he just goes, huh, and cuts him in half. 
Yep. And uh, he steals the, the, the stones. So now he has all of the stones now. And so he gets that sense of being because he is so powerful. He can sense things and he realizes that there are more planets out there. And so he then just goes on a rampage, destroying all of the planets. So you see him destroying Asgard and Xandar and Ego and just everything. And we get a bit where Captain Marvel shows up, which was awesome. And she fights the crap out of him, but it's still not enough. But you're getting to that anime level of fighting where you know, how do you beat Captain Marvel? Well, you blow up the entire planet in one fell swoop. And that's what you can do with the Infinity Stones, which was just so crazy, so awesome. And we get this beautiful, beautiful ending where this episode could have just been happy and ended where Ultron has completed his domination. He has destroyed everything in the universe and he rests. He closes his eyes and and the watcher starts talking and he's saying like, oh, like this must burn him having no more purpose. And I'm looking at it when I was watching it of like, that's not why he's done. Like he's just good. He's content. He finished what he needed to do. He's closing his, it's like when God created the earth or whatever, right? Like on the seventh day he rested. This is him just closing his eyes to rest. But the watcher had to open up his damn mouth and he starts talking and all of a sudden Ultron opens his eyes and says, who said that? And the watcher keeps talking because he doesn't realize it, which is insane to me. Uh, because again, you know, uh, Doctor Strange, he he saw that he said, "Who's there?" And the watcher was like, "Oh, he can see me." Whereas this one, he was like, "Who is that?" And then he says, "He can hear someone else, another." And I'm like, "Wait, no, dude, you need to leave right now." And nope, he keeps talking. And so then Ultron figures it out finds out the Watcher's there and realizes that he is but one of many universes that he can now conquer. And so his purpose has now evolved and he finds that purpose again to now destroy every multiverse. We get an amazing fight between the Watcher and Ultron. Just incredible, exactly what I would have expected from the Watcher where in the comics, he's, he's very meek. He looks very humble, but he is a cosmic being and if you were to mess with him like you better be careful because he's he is beyond any character on planet earth right like he's at that level of the beyonder of you know the living tribunal and i just love that we got to see that that he's taking on ultron and really kind of winning in a sense until he decides to just kind of get out of there and he's like i gotta go fix this <laughs> he's like i messed up so bad and uh, so now we go back to the the universe and it's just black widow and natasha they're trying to figure out a way to beat this they end up getting to um a the place in siberia i think or it was at least in russia where they're in siberia in, it was in siberia okay so they go there they're searching for things and the watcher's like come on come on you're so close i'm like oh i'm sorry you're okay talking over ultron but you can't just stick your finger through the multiverse <laughs> and point to the the box but they end up figuring it out and the secret is arnim zola is still alive and well he's analog so he survived the nuke and if they can upload his consciousness into his programming into Ultron, that's how they would win. It would shut Ultron down completely. So they go and they go to the, the Siberia place where all the super soldiers were. They get the uh, they get it and put it onto an arrow, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, or arrow did they put USB. it into the Ultron? It was on an arrow USB. Well, but before that, though, wasn't it in an Ultron? Uh oh, yeah, they put him in one of the sentries. Yeah, right, right. 
and then I guess maybe they take it out of the century or I'm trying to remember. But anyway, he he does it. He try, he says, all right, here we go. I'm going to connect to the, the server. And he does so, but he can't. He says there's uh, he's not on the known universe. He's not in this universe, which was just like oh, so trippy. It's like, oh, man. But it made you smile. At least made me smile because I, I, I'm thinking, OK, well, now we know how they're going to win in the last episode. Like all you got to do is get Arnim Zola inside Ultron and you're good to go again. All about the how, how we're going to get there. And uh, and that's kind of how the episode ends with. Well, now, no, it doesn't really end that way. And then Ultron shows up, finds the Watcher and fights him through the multiverse, which was just stunning animation, punching him through universe after universe. We see that one where uh, Captain America is president. Mm-hmm. Someone called out. We see Mustafar. I'll believe it when I uh, see it in real life. But uh, cool. That's awesome. Get your Star Wars fix. Uh, and then by the end of it, he has no, and he's got cool armor on too. He gets this awesome armor, which is just, again, the anime fight, the leveling up, the, the back and the forth. Somebody wins, the other person wins, the other person wins. And you really see that in the final episode. But the episode ends with him escaping. And he's like, well, you can run, but you can't hide, basically. And the uh, the finale piece is he goes to Doctor Strange and he says, I need your help. And he says, I need you to say it. And he's like, ah, fine, I need your help. And uh, that's how the, the episode ends. Wow. That that I have, well, well, we'll get to the rankings here in a second, but it's one of my highest episodes of all the episodes. I loved this episode. Yeah, this one was really good. I think one, uh, I'd say one nitpick or a, a part that I was upset by was the fact that it was not James Spader voicing Ultron. Yeah, yeah. That I, I feel like that was on everybody's like wish list. And I mean, if you had seen in the pre, uh, pre uh, before the season, when they did finally release all the names of people reprising the roles, like his name was not on there, you know, so either they would have been hiding it for to say for the reveal or like he truly was not in the series. And as it was the case, but um it was uh, uh, Ross Marquand, who has been uh, the new voice of uh, Red Skull from Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and I felt he did an okay job, but I definitely feel he has a better Red Skull uh, voice interpretation. Uh, I also saw that somebody was saying that um, uh, he, uh, Ross Marquand, did Ultron's voice in the damage control uh, damage control the yep. vr experience and i was i think i was listening on a uh or reading that somebody had said in that experience he sounded a lot more like james spader so maybe it was a choice uh, to be less james spader like because he was technically the vision body exactly and i was gonna say the same thing they so, should have done betney then but i i get yeah, that. I, I get yeah, I yeah i would have guessed like if they had bet like a betney doing a mixed spader or, or right. an altered voice that would have been cool but in any event yes this this was a, a wonderful episode i i remember yeah just seeing yeah like you said after the end of party thor now we're we had to get the how how did ultron vision or infinity ultron uh come about and uh yeah seeing the world with all the nukes uh and that like black widow and hawkeye are like essentially the only ones left because they're up in the air and then um yeah and then seeing that they're operating uh uh, on the ground trying to survive clint's lost his arm how did he lose his arm we don't know he's just like he's just it it just happened he has an invisibility cloak that's really cool you know so uh yeah all all of that world stuff was uh i I enjoyed that what if stuff and um yeah getting uh getting zola and incorporating him into the mix and then uh 
while in that universe, uh, yeah, the uh, I thought Clint's sacrifice was um, at least the visuals of it, like him like firing and jumping into the 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 tunnel and whatnot, or the uh, um, the smokestack that they were in uh, that mirrored from the one from Civil War. Like that was such a great yeah. shot, that one mm-hmm. shot, and a lot of great visuals in this episode. Um, and yeah, Nat was great in this episode. Uh, again, doing some great character stuff with her. Um, yeah, and then when you get to the the outside the greater known universe or whatever, as Zola said, with uh, where when he's fighting when Ultron's fighting the Watcher, like yeah, all the stuff that was happening between them of like Ultron was getting in uh, hits on the Watcher, and then he just like pauses and levels up with his armor, and then they're going at it again and stuff. Yeah, and then like going through the different. Uh, the multiverses and such, you know, and punching through and how we get to the one where Captain America was president, which was a great thing to see. And I think I actually had read that uh, the series had wanted to do a whole episode about that. That was more or less like a West Wing episode of like a Ooh. walk and talk and such. But so I think whatever appeared in the episode was just like as much as they were going to do with Steve Rogers as president. Maybe next season. I think I think I read that they it was AC Bradley was doing an interview and she was like I wanted it for the first season and for the second season they said no that bit is just all we're gonna get unfortunately but it would be great if it was in the next season um yeah and then yeah at the end the uh, the watcher just he realizes that like what he's done he's messed up and so yeah he goes to Doctor Strange from his episode in that pocket dimension and is just like I need your help and and such so yeah this was uh really. Uh, really great episode to set up for where we're going to uh, head into the finale. Yeah. And, and by now, and I know we, we, we skipped over on a couple of these, so I'll just hit it right now. You've got, in terms of endings, you've got, again, the Avengers die episode is a, uh, what was that? Okay. Sad, bad ending with a uh, happy I don't remember what comes it was, first. Is it Loki uh, taking over? I think Lo- Loki, Loki, Loki taking over is first because you're like, Oh, it was good. They stopped. Hank Pym and then Loki's like, okay, see, I'm gonna go conquer the world. And, and then, then it says and, like two, two days later or something. And then like it's, that. And it's, he finds uh Cap in the ice. So it's bad so ending, it's happy. Bad ending, happy, happy and happy, happy tease. Yeah. Tease, yes. Okay. And then Doctor Strange was nothing, which makes total sense because his story's not over. And yep. then the zombies episode was happy ending with bad uh, bad, bad tease. Mm-hmm. And then Killmonger was bad ending with Being happy ha- tease. Thor was happy ending, happy ending, bad tease. And then this one was, uh, this one's a two-parter. So this one doesn't count. It's exempt from it because it's part right. of this. But you, you get to this place where now you've seen all the Avengers die. You've seen a zombie world. You've seen this weird Killmonger episode. And so you're at the point now where when I watched this episode, I was like, this is what if, this is the what if episode of like getting to see so many different multiverses in one universe, getting to see an ultra level villain so OP destroy everything like the true what if scenario. And so we finally get the crescendo with this final episode, which is what if the watcher interfered? And I giggled at that title. Cause I'm like, he already did, but, <laughs> uh, but it was great to see that in this episode. I, I I like it more and more every time I watch it. I'm getting more like respectful of it and excited about it. But there's still some things about it that you know were confusing. But this is the one where I think you know, and everyone's probably talking about this one right now. So we're at like an hour and a half into this podcast. So hopefully everyone's made made it to it with this. We're here. We're ready to talk about this finale. So um, in this episode, 
the uh, the Watcher goes around and starts recruiting all of the Avengers that we've seen from, or I guess the Guardians of the Multiverse from all the other episodes. So he grabs Captain Carter, who we now see in the What If uh, Winter Soldier episode, where mm-hmm. uh, she's with Black Widow. She's on the Lumerian Star. So cool. Stealth, stealth suit. Stealth, stealth suit. suit. Yep. All her UK stuff is all gray now. And did you notice that her hair was different? Yes, I did. Loved that. Yeah. Loved it. it again, from the 40s to you know the, the current day. Of course, she would change her hairstyle. Uh, but then I loved that Nat was the exact same. She had the same mm-hmm. sort of hair from from um, Winter Soldier. But she got that. Went and grabbed Star Lord from uh, T'Challa. Star Lord, who is in the process of saving Peter Quill from his dad, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only line that Kurt Russell gets in the movie. But I loved it. He said, "Don't worry about it. This will all be over in like a thousand <laughs> years." And I was like, "Wow, that's so funny." Yeah, I but, love. I just sorry. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. how Kurt Russell had like two lines in the entire series he had it at the tease of like like hello peter or like i'm your dad and then whatever this one like and that's it like like and they got kurt russell like easy paycheck you know yeah that was insane but yeah he's got grandkids now so i'm sure he's just like yeah hell yeah i'll do this for like 15 minutes of my time we're probably gonna pay him like 50 grand or something um but yeah so that piece so there's two of them uh from the avengers die no no one from the avengers die episode interesting uh and then uh obviously dr strange mm-hmm. and then no one from the zombies episode interesting no. and then he grabs killmonger from the killmonger episode thor from the thor episode and uh kind of gathers them all in this uh, metaphysical pub where they're all chit-chatting and talking and essentially explaining that i've brought you here for a reason uh, I, you guys need to defeat Ultron, basically. And so they say, okay, they come up with a plan. We don't really see what the plan is, but the goal being we need to get the stones off of him. And so oh, and they, also they also grab Gamora, which... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. So then we also get one more character that we don't see in episode four, which is Gamora from a uh, universe where she is with Tony Stark in the, uh, what is it called? The dome, in Nidavellir, basically, with E-Tree, mm-hmm. where they're they're boiling down the Infinity Gauntlet, is what it looks like. Uh, Tony Stark's armor has Sakaar stuff on it, and when the Watcher shows up, he says, uh, Champion of Sakaar, Destroyer of Thanos. So there's a story there, and it sounds like a very interesting story that she's in the same position as they would have been, but has already defeated Thanos. And went to Sakaar with Iron Man. So there's some sort of friendship that they have. All I know is, um, and, and we confirmed that, right, from the, the AC yep. Bradley interview, that that was an episode that they created. The problem was that the animation wasn't done in time due to COVID. Totally understandable. I love this comment about that, too. He was like, it's just a TV show. It's not as important. And I was just like, thank you for being, you know, so upfront about that. But he said that that's going to be in the second season. So we'll get a, so in a sense, think of it as a tease. Where did this character come from? What's going on? We'll find out next season. Yep. But yeah, the so only, they, yeah, the, yeah, the only thing with that episode is, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited at this point because now it's like oh, up until this finale, we've all the ones we've had of like, oh, we've seen everything. It's kind of like phase one. We've seen the characters and we get the crossover and what. So now this one is going to be, okay, we saw them briefly in the end. Like, what was their story? The only thing I just, I don't know if they were able to change just given the way animation works and the long lead time of everything. But if they knew they were pushing it, did they retool any of it so it's less of, oh, we're setting up the season one finale, whereas it's, oh, the season one finale happened, here's how we got there, you know, if they like, but I I don't know if they were able to 
adjust that and, and maybe if they did maybe instead of it being the first episode of season two maybe it's going to get it, they'll push it later so that there's a little bit more time to like do those two scene adjustments or whatever you know but that's the only thing i'm just thinking about is when it does go i just hope it isn't like an oh this you could totally tell you could totally tell this was supposed to be a season one episode where versus oh we're revisiting something from season one uh but it fits within the the progression of season two you know what i mean yeah i think i think the way that you do that is by utilizing it as a season opener where Right. Uh, typically when you see a second season or whatever the, the following season, in, there's always a little bit of recap on what the prior season was for those yeah. random new people who didn't watch it. And so what a perfect way of doing that to show like, Hey, remember Gamora? She was from the season finale. We see a little bit of her backstory. And then we see a little bit of the win that they have at the end of the season. And then we're now in the new season sort of thing. Right. I'd be cool with it that way. I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they all team up. They go to this random planet universe that has is devoid of intelligent life. So Ultron hasn't even bothered coming there. I love that whole thing that like he's so big now that he he doesn't have time for every little planet anymore. And they're talking and I love that Thor had a great line in here. He said, you know, I've been told that I'm uh, I'm great at attracting unwanted attention. And even in here, when they picked up Thor, when he was saying um, something like uh, for Vegas forever. He was just saying Vegas as he was fighting. And then he has his even better call out line yeah. towards the end of it. But I just love that. He fell in love with Vegas and I'm sure they loved him back, but they're talking, trying to kind of figure out what their plan is. And all of a sudden um, Thor, you know, gets excited. They, they have, I love that Dr. Strange makes them all drinks and they get excited and he, he lights off a little bit of lightning and all of a sudden Ultron shows up and they're like, well, this is going to start a little sooner than we thought. <laughs> and so uh, Killmonger and Gamora leave, which I thought was important because obviously the Watcher knows that's the thing. That, and we'll uh, we can talk about that as it happens. But like the Watcher knows everything. He, he's seen it all. So in a sense, he knows how this entire battle is going to go anyway. And I think that there's an interesting bit of meta-ness there of like. How much does he know versus how much he doesn't know? Because he was pretty surprised when Ultron showed up, but at the same time, he knew exactly why he needed to have Killmonger there. And he sets it up to where Killmonger leaves that fight because we can't even risk him dying uh, because he's very crucial to the end of this. But then we just get an all-out knockout battle, and it is such a good battle with them fighting. And I loved how, uh, how frustrated uh ultron gets during this but at the same time he had some pretty good lines so i just love thor going viva las vegas <laughs> yeah. and, and while he does that you get the wide shot of him holding up his hammer which was amazing but then ultron's like i've never heard a battle cry like that yeah. before and i was like oh yeah you haven't uh but of course you know it doesn't even do damage to him and at that point he kind of starts fighting we get to see dr strange unleash that strangeness which was phenomenal everything that he did was just so cool uh, and then we see, I'm trying to remember what it was that, what was Peggy doing during that? Cause so, uh, so uh, after the Viva Las, uh, Las Vegas, uh, he sends Mjolnir. That's and, right. And, oh my God. And, and, it's, and so Dr. Turns Strange, into a thousand Mjolnir. Yeah. And, oh, and, so, and they're just all hitting him. Yeah. And, oh my God. That was then, so yeah, good. Yeah. And then while that's happening, Peggy and Chow Star-Lord, uh, she hitches that's a right. ride with him and flies up to Ultron. He 
goes off to strat or like kind of like boosts and sends star lord into ultron and that's yep. when he uh sneakily steals one of the stones and then she comes yep. back around with mjolnir to hit him and then like yeah and then they all kind of get thrown to the side at that point and then we're continuing on from uh then well then they uh, ultron realizes that the stone is missing gone, and, they're, yeah. and then dr is like yep time to go and then yeah that's why, and then they all like go through the portal Oh, that was so good when she's riding Mjolnir back down and then just like let's go and skids down in a perfect superhero landing was so yeah. badass. And yeah, they're like, all right, time to go. And they're all jumping in. And then Thor's like, woo, when he you know jumps in backwards. And <laughs> yeah. oh, that was so good. I love that the um the stone crusher was such a cool concept. And I loved that you needed the soul stone to power it because that makes total sense. Like that's mm. in a way, like the most powerful stone in a sense, but also in order to power the machine, you're giving it a soul to be able to act on its own to destroy the rest of the stones. So I just, it was the perfect sort of like, oh, that makes total sense that it would be I a soul stone. I didn't even think of that. And having you say that, I was like, oh my God, that does make perfect yeah, sense. Yeah, like now. it's yeah. so cool. Like you wouldn't yeah. pick any other stone for it, but then the thing like comes right up to him and and by then Doctor Strange kind of they've captured him and they've got him held well, by well, like ropes, right? Well, James. that's a little farther ahead. When they get into they get to the dystopian Ultron world, and that's when Nat shows up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that getting, was in I'm between. Way yeah. Ahead of this. yeah, you're so, getting yeah. ahead there. <laughs> I, get, sorry, I, get, I get so excited. Yeah. Um, so they're they're about to use the stone, or they're about to do what they're going to need yeah. to do, and Nat shows up and steals it. She mm-hmm. doesn't trust them. We get the amazing exchange between her and Captain Carter, saying, yeah. "I'm only, you're only one of three people that you know tr- I trust." Uh, and I, I count myself lucky for that. Like we're BFFs love yeah. that. And she's like, yep. Okay. That makes total sense. And I was like, yes, that's just so awesome. And so then now she's part of the team. So now we t- kind of do get the, well, technically she's not from the Avengers episode, but, um, we get the person no. from the Ultron episode. So now right. you've got the Ultron episode carryover. Yep. So you've got all of them. They've got some oh, we, great, uh, speak, sorry, we, we skipped over the, before they left the, uh, the zombie horde. Uh, we're skipping over stuff. Yeah, so we, we, so get, if we go back because when yes. you mentioned, oh, we got the person from, I was like, wait, we still have two. I was like, oh, we missed That's that. That's right. But, so yeah, they yeah. grab the stone off of him yeah. and Strange opens up a portal and every zombie comes down on yeah. top of him and he says, that ought to keep him busy for a while. And he's like, zombies? Yeah. That's all. I love zombies. He goes, yeah. it's not the zombies. It's what came with the zombies. Yeah. And yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, Thanos. But then, oh, he just lights up the zombies, smokes all of them, and all that's left is you you hear that vibrate, oh, the, the sound of the whole when she's just right there and she's a zombie and just rips into him. But then, of course, you know, she's obviously no match. She's only there right. to, to buy them time. And so then, and, yeah. Then, he didn't they ani- I think they animated her face like she got scared. Yeah, like, she goes yeah, like, like uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And then the entire planet exploded. <laughs> no, yeah. the entire universe exploded because all yes. of the planets started exploding. Exploding. and i was like yeah holy cow that is just next level yeah. villain type stuff yeah. he just kills everything yeah I forgot, so to, <laughs> yeah I forgot to mention when we were talking about the previous episode of uh seeing ultron and get the stones but like that episode definitely established how sad it was how underused ultron was in age of ultron as a villain and like as and we'll get to this uh towards the end but like the fact that like how powerful and terrifying a villain Ultron was and how he kind of destroyed Thanos kind of just showed like if they can get a proper Thanos back in the main MCU is a more power like because Ultron comes back in the comics as like Ultron 2 you know like in the different upgraded forms or whatever so if he can come back 
like this version of, of which we can talk about towards the end of the episode, but uh, having him in the main MCU would be fantastic again. But yeah, oh, so like, yeah. well, like you said, at the, after the zombie horde came and he just destroyed the universe, it was like, oh boy, okay. So yeah, that's when, the, and then that's when they go to the dystopian world. They meet Matt. And so now we have the, 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 the all the care or representations from all the episodes so far, except for one, which we are still getting to. Yeah. And so we get a great line <laughs> from him as well, where he says, I can uh, destroy planets with a thought. Why won't you die? And yeah. he just starts blazing into them and they're, you know, they're fighting, putting it off. And eventually they get to that spot where they, they wrangle him down and mm-hmm. get him down on the ground they use this stone crusher and it, i loved it you know they, they make it look like it worked and it really did yeah. it explodes all this stuff and then he explains he says you know every well, thor's, is thor, yeah thor's like we won right and right? Like, it feels like we won like, yeah and he's and uh star lord says yeah i don't think no. so and uh ultron's voice comes out over the planet and says you know every universe is just a little bit different and gamora kind of comes to that realization of Perfection. oh wow the you know the stones are from a different universe my machine is meant for my universe which i didn't like that i because we get that point in the comics where the infinity stones only work in the universe that they were made so there's infinity stones in every Every single universe so ultron can use his infinity stones in every universe but the stone crusher only works in one universe so i was like okay i mean whatever it takes to get us to the arnim zola part right like we know sure. that's the only way they're going to beat him but i i still thought I, I liked it cinematically it made sense and for someone who doesn't know that stuff um that probably really liked that but th- that was a little nitpick that i had mm-hmm. but we do get that spot right and, and in a perfect fashion captain carter and uh natasha get smashed just far enough to where they land right next to her bike that has the arrow and we get a beautiful scene where both of them kind of ride up and jump up to have peggy pull his mask up at the same time that nat shoots her arrow says this is for you clint shoots it off and uh oh my god just gorgeous hits him right in the eye Mm -hmm. and uh, we get a great arnim zola bit too where he just shows up and he's like ah i like (laughs) this body i have leg i think i'm gonna stick with this and so then it's not even a fight he just shuts him down immediately and i love that where he's just shaking the just falls limp and then falls down and all of a sudden and again just like an anime you know you've got the one up the one up the one up the one up and now uh killmonger shows up with his little ultron mask and uh takes the stones away from the the body and now he is the all-powerful one and they're like oh no and he tries to explain to them like oh you know we could go back we could change all the things we need to change and then zola shows up he's got the amazing zola chest plate just like in the comics and he's like no those are mine and so then they have the the star wars last jedi grab of the lightsaber where they're both trying to pull the infinity stones their own way i was assuming they were going to explode uh and they they didn't but uh, in that moment, Dr. Strange realizes it wasn't about be- beating Ultron. It was about getting rid of the stones. So he then freezes them in time in a pocket universe that he is now chosen to guard for the rest of his days in his own pocket universe. And that's how they win, uh, which was a perfect ending. I love it. Like you didn't really defeat him in a sense. Like you yeah. beat him to a standstill, which is awesome. Great right. storytelling. And, then, and, that, and that goes to what I was saying. If Ultron comes back, if it's this version of Ultron in live action or another version that releases this version from the pocket, like having this pocket dimension just leaves, it, you know, at some point they've set it up that by just having it, it it's going to break at some point, you know? And so then what's going to happen at that point in time when both Killmonger with his, with the nano Stark tech 
controlling the Ultron armor with Zola in the vision body fighting for these infinity stones, like what's going to happen then, you know? So that's, that's definitely intriguing to know what's going to come from this. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting universe. He says to, he says, you know, make sure that it doesn't crack or break. So obviously he's going to be fine. I I don't have any concerns of that being like, Oh, they escaped. And now that's the new villain. It's like, no, I think that's going to be the sort of uh, uh, conjuring type of thing where they just place the, you know, it's placed on his shelf and it's a, it's a nice bobble for him to look at every once in a while, because knowing that he defeated him. Uh, So we get some end credits bits uh, at that point. Watcher thanks everybody. Everyone goes back to where they're from, except for Natasha who says, I'm not going back because uh, she has nothing to go back to. And he says, well, I can interfere, except fine, I will. Just kidding. And then, he, he, you know, the veil is lifted and he's on the helicarrier where Loki is attacking from episode three. So we get the Avengers, the Avengers dying episode. So now you've got them connected. This episode connects every single episode in the season. I loved that. It was a perfect ending for her. She says something to the, the extent of this looks terrible. And uh, she says it with a smile. And I love that. She's like, this is just, this is exactly what I needed. And we get, uh, you know, she shuts down Loki almost immediately. So she basically saves the day. And uh, Nick Fury says, you're not my Natasha, but you still, you have her spirit. And she gives him a little smile. And so we get a perfect ending for her in that regard. And then we also get an end, a mid credit scene with uh, Peggy, who uh, they end up finding the Hydra Stomper. And she says, and Nat tells her, there's somebody inside so she never says who it is we don't know who it is but uh assuming it's steve could not be steve i don't know what an ending what an ending to this uh, this season i thought it was the perfect ending yeah it was uh, yeah the all the end bits were great um yeah especially putting the uh dystopian nap in the uh where all the avengers died in that world because then uh as they showed you have captain america now plus captain marvel Oh, yep. And Tari or the Asgardians are right now. Nat's back. Nat's back in there, you know, so that that was great. And then, yeah, the ending of uh, finding the Hydra Stump around the Lumerian star. I, I feel like uh, what, Nat's like, I want to show you something, uh, Peggy. And then she's like, this hasn't been the weirdest thing all day. I trust me. And then she's like, oh, I wouldn't hold your breath. And then uh, she says, oh, uh, Nat says, oh, there's somebody in there. And I feel like Peggy, doesn't Peggy say like Steve as a question? And then like, I feel like Nat like kind of like smiles a little bit. So like, I feel like they're definitely implying that, but like you said earlier, like is Steve now the winter soldier? Is it somebody else in the the armor? You know, like it'll be interesting to see if they pick this up again in season two, which it sounds like, I think they will um, uh, like how they go about that or whatever. But yeah, this was, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode um, it was so great. All, all the, the Nat and Peggy stuff, the dynamic between there. Um, I, we were saying with uh, some of our friends uh, um, that uh, Nat is always friends with a cap. Like she's in every universe. Yeah, cap, yeah. Like whoever's the cat, like she's always a friends with a cap. And um, our friend Sarah and friend of the podcast so we, throughout it, she's big Peggy and black widow fans who were just like is sarah okay watching this like (laughs) like, especially well especially like we didn't we didn't even really touch on when they're trying to get uh ultron down when they're both hitting him with the shield that action sequence like oh that was great and then like and then nat on the motorcycle as well just anytime she's on a motorcycle you know so uh yeah that yeah this uh this was like a great a great way to end the season after i had felt okay like where is it going like what's happening and I, for me personally, it was slightly 
unsurprising because I don't know if this happened to you, Alex, but there was uh, the Hyundai commercials that have been tied into the Disney Plus thing. Any of those. Yeah. So the um, all the other one, uh, the the live action ones of for Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and, and WandaVision, they're like within the realm of the series, but it, it doesn't spoil anything. Like it, like Wanda's is her pr- trying to do like a 1950s car commercial. Uh, Falcon, Winter Soldiers is Sam uh, just saving somebody and like hit, r- runs into the Hyundai. Loki, it like picks up after the Tesseract. Instead of going to the Gobi Desert, he goes into a car and like he's he's driving off in the Hyundai. But this mm. what if one was like complete spoilers. It shows the Watcher with um, Captain Carter, Star Lord T'Challa, uh, all battling the swarm of Ultron sentries with Party Thor. Then in the uh, in the Hyundai, like yeah, 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 attacking everybody. So I had seen that, and so like, and everybody was like, oh, like Ultron, like we're heading towards Ultron or something, you know. So that was slightly unfortunate for me. And one reason I thought of it is, uh, okay, one, it's animation. So are they either reusing assets or like designs that they had? But then I was thinking, well, if you're making it the commercial, why did you have to use this stuff? Like, why couldn't they have picked some, like, why couldn't they have picked one of the worlds or universes and like set it in there or whatever? So long story short, I sort of knew, okay, Ultron's coming in with, and there, and, and also like months ago, I remember months ago, there was a a t-shirt that leaked that had all the, the characters from each of the episodes and it said guardians of the multiverse on it. Uh, so that was, yeah. so that, and I, I think um, our friend David as well, he had, we had both seen that and had speculated because at that point going into the series, it was still thought like, Oh, each episode is going to be one distinct thing. It's not going to tie in. And then when this merchandising uh, leaked, it was like, huh, maybe there is going to be some more tie in than we thought as ultimately it happened that there was a more through line and tying of each of the episodes together. But yeah, this final episode, I think knowing with all those caveats, like it, it definitely did a great job of tying what we saw this season together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it leaves some interesting things for season two. I know we kind of been talking about that article throughout, but um, they talked about that too, that, you know, there's going to be some through lines that get carried over into, into season two. So yeah, overall, uh, very happy with the season, very happy with the way it connected. I wasn't as surprised as I wanted to be, but that's because we kind of knew that from the very beginning, like, oh, you know, each episode is going to be some new character that's going to culminate because of the stupid promos that they share early. Mm-hmm. So it's like they kind of shot themselves in the foot in that regard, but I still enjoyed the journey. I, I was glad to be there. And for most of these episodes, I enjoyed them. So for our final bit here, let's just talk about our, our rankings. And I know, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan. I, I love rankings. Fine. I, I'll say it. I love them, uh, but I also hate them because I feel like you say them and they're set in stone. So what I've been practicing is saying uh, the ratings that we are about to share with you right now, we reserve our right to change these ratings at any point in time in the future for any reason at all. But for you listeners right now, in this moment in time, here's what our rankings are. So um, let's start at the very bottom of those bottom three episodes. What have you got for that, Kevin? Uh, my bottom three, I have uh, the Party Thor episode, mm-hmm. uh, the Killmonger episode, and then uh, the Captain Carter episode. And okay. the Captain Carter is only because I, I love Cap- the Captain Carter character so much, but that episode just because it was so cut and dry of yeah. the story of it being like, here's one movie, one change, that's it. Like, that's why it's it's slightly because the ones that I'm ranking ahead of it, they, they did more interesting things within it, you know, but uh, yeah. but I would say out of those three, I enjoyed Captain Carter vastly more than I did Killmonger and Thor. Yeah, that's fair. 
Mine are very similar to yours, though. We're about to get to the, I'd say, first hot take of the night. Uh, my bottom three are, uh, and I'll, I'll in order going up, is the Killmonger episode. That was my least favorite. But again, I have that at a 7 out of 10. So nothing is lower than that. And for me, a 7 is good. So I'm fine with that. Number nine. Number eight is uh, T'Challa Star-Lord. And then, and then number seven is Party Thor. And again, only because, and I've, I've said it in the our MCU celebration episode, I'm just not a big fan of the Guardians movies. I, I Like, I enjoy them when I watch them, mm-hmm. but there's just something about them where I'm just like, I, I don't get as excited about the Guardians as I do other characters. And so, like, I love that T'Challa's in it. I love We Got Chadwick, but as an episode, wasn't one of my favorites. So those are my bottom three. Uh, what are What are your middle three? Um, middle three, I've done a slight alteration now as I've got live changing, <laughs> live changing, but not by much. Uh, I think I would do, um, uh, zombies, uh, Marvel, uh, the Marvel, uh, the zombies, uh, then the, uh, the, ep- the third episode, what if, uh, the Avengers, uh, died. And then, um, I think, um, I think I, this is the one that I just changed now. I think I'm going to put the, uh, Star Lord T'Challa, and as uh, uh, that would be fourth, yeah, fourth. Okay, nice. All right, yeah. Uh, mine are uh, Captain Carter, so right, probably right mm-hmm. around where you had your Captain Carter, uh, the zombies episode, and the Avengers die episode. Yep, those are those. So our, our mid threes are basically the same, which is exciting because yep. I think that means that our <laughs> top three are the exact same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so all right, what do you what do you got him in order? What do you got? So uh, third, I would put uh, the just uh, the eighth episode. Uh, what if Ultron won? Okay. Uh, second episode, I'd put uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands, and then the top one is the finale. Nice. Is that recency bias? Uh, potentially, <laughs> but but I I do. It's a great episode. It's so but, yeah, but I think, but I did it that way because I think part of because it did change the mold of not of a well a there really wasn't a what if storyline we got a little bit of what if something in the uh captain america the winter soldier at the beginning of it but it really just like tied the threads together really you know so i think if they lean towards i would say the balance in episode eight going forward i think that'll make some of these episodes a little bit more enjoyable or at least planting some more things with clearer ideas of how they might tie through as is in for the season a little bit earlier than just the post credit scenes where we're like, are we a either revisiting these on totally new episodes again at the end of the season? Like, like when we saw the end of the star Lord T'Challa with uh, ego coming, like I was like, Oh, they're just leaving that. And we could maybe pick that up in a season two episode, maybe a season three episode. If it goes that long, I didn't expect that to come back in the right. finale, in the finale, which if they had sort of like, hinted at that returning like this season i might have been like oh that's pretty cool like we're gonna see how it resolves versus where it's just like well it just ended because a lot of the episodes just kind of end abruptly with those teases so yeah that's why that's that's kind of why i put the finale as high because it brought all the elements while still having some what ifness and then resolving the season storyline yeah after that third watch that i had last night i i did change my top three order um so uh, here's what okay so my number number three is uh dr strange mm-hmm. number two is the finale and then number one is what if ultron won just because like i said there were still a couple of those nitpicks again i i love i always love a catharsis at the end of a season 
But for this specific season, I loved Ultron winning. Like I just, that to me, that concept of him taking over everything was so cool. And so right. I, I like that better than the, we know they're going to win, right? right? Like there, there was no surprise there. Whereas that episode was completely surprising. The I don't think, I don't think we even mentioned, which I know you would very much enjoy the Galactus image of him. Oh yeah. Like, that was know, awesome. like eating, eating the, the universe. Um, or the, yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah that was awesome. Yeah, it, in that episode yeah we didn't we completely skipped over that but i was like i knew i knew that's probably one of the reasons why you would put it as a top episode yep, for you. that part the <laughs> again just the fact of how easy he made it like they they gave him the op powers and let him run with it like he won and straight up won everywhere he's destroying everything plus we get some captain marvel plus we mm-hmm. get the multiverse plus we get the watcher being a badass so he's less of a badass in the last episode and that's why i think maybe it stands a little bit more for me as well in that regard but yeah uh, kind of right around the same vein. So I'm, I'm glad that we can agree on most of them besides my, uh, and I knew that was always going to be a hot take because I think everyone loves that T'Challa Star-Lord episode, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just, not as much in terms of the content, not so much about the characters. But uh, yeah, so a- any final thoughts on this uh, this season before we wrap this up? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just interesting considering just th- thinking about animation that, these episodes, I think I read and, and saw that they were completed, I think, by January or February 2019, which was before the series was even announced. Because we we heard about it first at San oh. Diego Comic-Con that year, you know? So, like, just considering then that all of these had been written and then, and then they were writing WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki. And so, like, even though this came out when it did just the amount of time that it takes for an animated series to it's the animating part that like just takes forever, you know? So that just to me was like, it put, I tried to like, when people were saying things of like, especially I know in the Dr. Strange episode, when, uh, when ancient one said like an absolute point in time and people were like, well, Loki said it was like a Nexus event or, or what it's like, well, I'm like, uh, and I read too afterwards. It's like, well, we they were saying like, well, we writ- we wrote these before Loki even wrote their episodes, you know. Yeah. So it's like, and, and we can't, and unlike live action where they could get somebody out in Los Angeles near on the Disney lot for an hour or two on a green screen to like superimpose somebody, like they, it's harder to do that in animation, you know. Yeah. So, so some of those things is like the episodes were coming along. I was like trying to keep that in mind, and like even so too, I. Uh, I, I was uh, saw AC Bradley, the head writer. She was on um, a, another podcast uh, interview. I think last week or a week two ago, and like they're in the middle of season two right now. Like she's already. Written I was gonna say they probably like, already made most of it. Or yeah, some she's of it. already she's already written stuff, and so they're definitely on the animatic stage, which is like the rough sketches are like fi- starting final animation. You know, so like. At, so knowing where we are now with like what's released, like they've probably like. Uh, they did say that they're going to integrate some phase four characters in season two, which is like really cool. So like, I know, I think you may have said, or David or somebody said like, what, one of them is like, what if Shang-Chi like stayed with his father? I think you may, Ooh, somebody, I didn't, I, that wasn't me. Um, or maybe, maybe uh, somebody on uh, David or uh, Earth, Earth's Mightiest Weirdos friends, somebody I know uh, that we've conversed with said that one. And I was like, oh, like, see, like, so they probably looked at those scripts and like some of the stuff that was filming, but then like, okay, so the scripts are done now. Anything in the future before the season, from like now until when the season releases, they kind of can't really touch, you know? So it's like, it's an interesting way to navigate things. And like, especially if it sounds like Marvel Studios is trying to ramp up more animation 
animation, like how that fits in to either like what if stories or if it's going to be more like sacred timeline main stuff, like how all this is fitting in while still being limited by what animation can do in terms of fixes and adjustments, you know? So I was just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind as we went through the season. And, um, and then, yeah, as it started getting more of like, oh, this isn't just one-off things like that was more encouraging so that uh, as we got to the end of the season, like I said, few minutes ago like that finale was just great to see how all of it come together but still keep the nature of exploring different universes intact and stuff so now i'm excited to see do the, these guardians of the multiverse come back do they get new people like yeah. like like how does how does that work you know and i mean i'm hopeful some of it comes into live action and maybe in dr strange and the multiverse of madness that'll be a good candidate for one or all of those characters you know that'd be really cool so overall yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy the series i thought it was um it had some fun moments it had some uh i want to get through this moments like and stuff but i'm hopeful now that the idea of the series is out there and knowing what they're trying to do next season will be a little bit better because like like i was saying coming into it we were like we didn't really know, was it going to tie in? Was it not? Cause they had to wait until Loki did the whole timeline thing. And then it's like, yep. Oh, it is going to count. It's going to be more, it's going to count more than we thought it was. So it's kind of open. I, I, I'm hopeful that season two will be a step up from the already mostly good season. This was. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think, I think the thing to think of is, if they're wanting to be better, they can't do what they did last season. They're going to have right. to try to do something new. And, and to me, that's super exciting because what else can you do? Like that was the only thing we ever thought of with what if was like, oh, a, a multiverse team up. That makes so much sense. And so now it's like, well, how do you top that? And I don't even want to even think about it. Like uh, let them figure it out. And I'll be happily surprised when we get to that point. I'll also point out we're only five months away from Dr. Strange. Yeah. So we're, it's going to be here before you know it. And I, I would be interested to see if they carry over anything from there, but um, yeah, that's where we'll wrap things up. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute blast. I'm really glad we got to deconstruct all of these episodes and talk about all of our favorite and not so favorite parts and our rankings. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. I'm glad I could come back. Absolutely. This was a blast. So for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in the multiverse. Thank you.